Spoiler warning for this episode, we're going to jump right into one of the big plot points of the movie. So, fellas, if you were inside the secret organization placing bets on which creature would kill our group of teens in this movie, where would you put your money? Oh, there's no question. Dismemberment goblins. That was mine. Yeah, damn it. <laughs> mine now we too. Split the pot yes. three way. Yeah, oh. I almost wanted to go with sexy witches because it said witches, and then right below it it said sexy witches, and I was like, I would like to know more about this. I'm yeah, not even actually, looking for a gender aspect. I'm just like, I would just like to know what is technically a sexy witch versus a regular witch. Think of the craft. Well, because he made that whole thing about like, well, that's a zombie family, right? This is and this redneck is zombies, yeah. and I was like, well. Witches and sexy witches, how different can they be? Why aren't they the same thing? One's Fruzabalk. Fruzabalk, am I saying that right? Regular witch or sexy From the craft, yeah. Sexy witch. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking craft witches are like sexy witches. Craft witches. Sandwiches. Not a K, like a C. And like Hamlet witches, you know, with the pointy hat and the warts. Are the uh, right? That was a double, double toil and trouble. Yeah, no, that was yeah. Macbeth. Macbeth's yeah, witches. Macbeth. I can't even reference Shakespeare. Welcome back to literature talk. Yeah. yeah. So yes, uh, dismemberment. God damn it, you guys! I'm not splitting goblins. my pot with you. Well, I did not pick dismemberment goblins. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with angry molesting tree. I'd like to a see a nice Evil Dead reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I would. Uh, I think I'd like to see that. Well, according to the Cabin in the Woods fandom.com page, <laughs> of course, uh, the oh, sexy God. witches are similar to witches but more conventionally attractive as opposed to the ugly, hag-like witches seen during The Purge. So the There's witches... Witch the so purge? the difference between witches and sexy witches is sexy witches are sexy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> pretty, right. pretty straightforward. Yeah, I feel like they're breaking balls on the whole zombie versus redneck torture zombie thing. No, they totally sure different are. creature. Yeah, yeah. They are creature, different creatures. But I know, it is but like... I, feel like, I feel like sexy witches and witches be the same thing. It's like being like, like one basketball player is a... Different basketball player because he's prettier than another basketball player. Oh, if we're this caught up on this scene, <laughs> that's what I'm this saying. It's gonna we're, be we're, a six-hour podcast, y'all. <laughs> now, Let's get to some ethics here. Yeah. When it says purge, it doesn't mean the movie. It means when they hit the button. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just saying, there. like, right. it's, it's, there's, there's one, there's one scene of the sexy witch somewhere in the background. Okay, all saying. right. Yes, the, in the boxes when they have all the yeah. boxes, you can see a lot of these. Here's yeah. what they say about the dismemberment goblins. It's a pair of demonic goblins of immense strength, despite their diminutive stature. As the name explicitly states, they operate primarily by tearing their victims apart limb from limb. They're often recognized by their trademark maniacal laughter, which can be heard throughout the appearances during the system purge. Yes. You know what? I think we picked discernment goblins because it's pretty center in the shot, if you look closely <laughs> enough, on the board. And it's just the last thing you see before they switch to something else. I'm like, yeah. I'm yeah, a, look at those. They I look meticulously amazing. went through that list and was like, what do I really want to see? And I was like, oh, yeah. Because I, did, I didn't no, but know that. Subconsciously, Dismemberment sub- Goblins worked its way in there. Yeah. I went yeah. with actually, because no one had picked it on the uh, board. No uh, one actually, none of the groups had actually chosen Dismemberment. I was like, I'm going to get all the money because I'm going to pick something that no one else picked. Hmm. So I got screwed. Yeah. Again. Big time. I'm surprised there hasn't been like a band that's called themselves Dismemberment Goblin yet. Yeah. After this that's movie. A good name. Yeah, it'd be great. Grave Talk trademarks. So that's actually probably Josh Whedon trademark. Trademark. There's a whole behind the scenes called Making an Army. Um, ah. And it talks about every single monster. They show so many monsters they didn't use, all the masks and stuff oh, that's like cool. that. Was that like on the Blu-ray or something? It's on the digital as well. Yeah. well sure, just sure, to sure. round out our, our fandom descriptions, here's, <laughs> here's John's molesting tree. Uh, it's depicted as a leafless moving tree. Judging by its name, 
It could be inferred that it aggressively rapes its victims as well. Well, <laughs> probably putting the words dead. "John's molesting tree" in front of that. Yes, yeah, it's, it's now John's molesting tree. <laughs> I gotta tell you, uh, I'm really impressed that someone sat down at their computer one day. I was like, "All right, I'm gonna have to write the angry molesting tree wiki entry." I'm sure someone was very excited to write uh, that. And intro. went with inferring from its name, it's probably <laughs> raping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like to just mention a few runners up that I found on this wiki page that All I right. really like the names of. Uh, Dog with alligator head. Yeah. Um, Mark, for our Instagram page, you have to put the image chosen <laughs> for dog with alligator head. <laughs> on it's this pretty Wikipedia good. Page. There it is. Oh my God. Look at how I horrifying love it. that is. Um, Would a dog with an alligator head still woof? <laughs> Listeners, let us know. I guess if, it depends where the vocal cords start in yeah. the alligator head part. Oh, and good the, point. Know, Cabin in the Woods 2, alligator <laughs> head dog is going to attack. Um, also, like exploding shard babies. Yep, that's good. And then maybe my favorite is man with steaming pipes in his chest. Nice. Wow. What was the name of the Hellraiser character? Because he has a name. Deadites? No, the no, Deadites no. are something else. Yeah, the, oh. the character, the, the Hellraiser knockoff are uh, whatever. Yeah. Fornicus, Lord of Bondage and Pain. That's what uh, it was, Fornicus. Fornicus, okay. Not subtle. Why did we not guess that? Uh, <laughs> Mark, I thought about picking that one. was like, I've already seen Hellraiser. I'm pretty sure I know how that's going to go. <laughs> yeah. Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Grave Talk podcast. My name is Mark. Again, join with Garrett, John, and Leroy. Hey, welcome up? back, Leroy. Thanks. Yo. How you guys been? Good. Yeah, I'm going to just go with good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. I'm going to start with, should I, should I put personal news in the podcast? I guess it doesn't matter. Do you want to put personal news in the podcast? Yeah, I don't give a shit. Not like anyone is going to find me. Uh, I'm going to be a dad in a month, like oh, literally a dad in a month. So there you really go. You're going to have your own little monster running little around. Little monster yeah. around. Have you already outlined how you're going to introduce them to horror movies? You know, start with the goosebumps, so, start with the scary stories. You know, that's a great conversation, mostly because I kind of think it's just going to happen naturally. Okay. It's one of those things like... Uh, from Garrett's parental advice, just don't force it on kids. And you really shouldn't. Fair like, point. That I is mean, true. I remember as a kid, I found my way into these things naturally. Uh, and even though people would like try and keep me from watching some of this stuff, I still like, I'm like, I'm going to watch it anyway. So yeah. I'm going to, I did my own thing as a kid. I anticipate the kid doing the same. So we'll see. It, it'll be interesting. I'll keep you all posted on that. Just don't raise a brony. I'll try not to. Okay. You know, again, it depends on what it's naturally into. Right. So or do kids into, you know, I mean, yeah, we're not you gotta tell you how to live. Do yeah. I'm gonna tell you how to live. I have no problem with that. All right. I'll be I'll be sure to keep it away from Teal Mark, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys watch anything recently you want to bring up? Let us know about. Uh I haven't watched it, but I'm reading uh Doctor Sleep. Um uh, like a hundred and fifty something pages in. Is it eighteen hundred pages long like all those other? Oh, books? it's super long, dude. It's it's not eighteen hundred pages, but it's North of 500, I think it's in between five and 600 pages, at least my copy of it. Um, that is a light read. I would yeah, love to imagine that every book you buy has yeah. different page counts. <laughs> How many pages yours have? I don't know, like 26. No, well, You're fucked, dude. I have the small paperback version, right? I imagine oh. if you have the hard, you know, the big hardback version, it's yeah, probably less They can less really pages. squish some words together. Yeah. If you <laughs> um, but it's been very, I mean, breaking news, Stephen King knows how to write a good book. Really? Yeah, I know. Liar. I think he's going to have a career. <laughs> okay, well, we'll keep our eyes on this up-and-coming author. Yeah, please yeah, do. Yeah. Uh, I think the most recent thing I've seen, other than this movie, of course, uh, Joker is the last thing I saw in theaters. Mm -hmm. So, And it's funny because we had a kind of a pre-conversation about this. 
now that it's like the highest grossing R-rated film, although, you know, not inflated for, not adjusted, uh, not, not adjusted yeah. for inflation, of course. Uh, but I actually do like the movie. And it's funny how it's become this kind of like, you either love it or hate it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting that conversation. Um, although I will say it is a cynical movie and being a cynical person, I enjoy that. It's that it's that it's a com- side conversation, but um, I kind of wonder if the uh, director knew what he was making when he made it, because I think it's a little more of himself in there than he likes to probably would would say. Um, but it is good. It's more of an Aronofsky film. I'll say that it's not really a uh, what's the guy tax It's not a Scorsese movie, like people are saying. I think it just looks like Scorsese mm-hmm. in the most shallow way, but it really feels like an Aronofsky film. That's not a dig at yeah. it. I think it does it really well. The art direction is amazing. But uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it too. I saw it. I thought it was really good, but it was made great by the performance of Joaquin Phoenix. Oh yeah, yeah. He's it amazing. all hinges on that dude's ability to play what he did. Oh yeah, um, yeah. He embodied a new version of a character that I didn't know I wanted to see. Yeah, and I okay, Mark. Since you like are a big, well, I guess we're all big comic nerds. Did would it you would you have cared if this was a Joker film at all? No, like if this was just like this a is my killer. sticking point. Yeah, I I still not, I'm not talking shit. I haven't seen the movie. Yeah, I'm not gonna talk shit about the movie because I haven't seen it or anything like that. But this is a character who is only amplified by the mystery the mystery of not knowing what truly makes right a monster like this. What I mean, that's what made it so great in Dark Knight. He told a different backstory for every single time, you know, like his origin was a different backstory. And that was Ledger's like choice, I guess, or the director's choice. I don't know who. But this whole backstory, whether it's true or not, whether it's like really what happened or not, just seems like such a such a choice to ground a character who is just created by his his mystique, his mystery of like what really drives him, because we know eventually what drives him, you know, Batman. But what gets someone to that point and then mm-hmm. not knowing, I think, makes that character so impactful. The reason I'm like, I don't want to go into this like just like gung ho is because, you know, I just don't know if I want this for a character. Again, right, I right. may end up loving it, but I don't see. I don't think you have anything at all to worry about. I think cool. when I walked out of that Man. movie, I did not attach the comic book character to this movie. But at then, all. then also yeah, just makes yeah. me think, why not just make a standalone movie? And they totally could. And I think this is a way to get more people to see it because yeah. they attached it to a huge brand name. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, but no, it was a really good story and it was a very gritty 1980s take on this person who's, you know, spiraling into mania, into mm-hmm. madness. And it's a really well done movie. And I'm assuming they'll do this for the Blu-ray release or something, but I will, I will note that we did, uh, me and my wife saw the 35 millimeter print at draft house. And of course the print, like the grain added to the aesthetic and it was amazing. Absolutely. It was really nice. It, uh, you know, my wife went and saw, saw it also, and she walked out of there going, I will probably never watch that again, <laughs> but I can totally see why this man deserves an Oscar. Yeah. And he absolutely yeah. does. He does. I don't think job. anybody comes close to what he managed to pull off with this character. Yeah. This year. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. Well, I watched The Lighthouse yesterday. Oh, God, I loved it. Yeah. it. Just from the beginning to end, it's like, this is brooding. This is weird. And then it goes off the rails and you're not sure what happened. You don't know if you can rely on anything you've seen mm-hmm. and like So is it a horror movie? I don't know. <laughs> Even in broad stroke, like would you b- broadly classify Which call it? Which a thriller. Did you think The Witch was a horror movie? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. It's kind of in the same vein as that. Oh, it's the same director too. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. it's the same guy, Robert Eggers, I think is his yeah, name. Yeah. It's it's worth the watch, dude, just because these two actors are basically the only guys in the movie, give or take a scene or two, but they play off of each other so well to the point where Robert Pattinson recently said, I got my Batman voice by watching <laughs> Willem Dafoe. That's awesome. 
So I was like, mm, okay. The, I've really turned around on Robert Pattinson, I think, basically because of this movie. I'm, I know he did another one called High Life or something that I've been meaning to watch, mm. but... Good Life. Would you, no, the High Good Life. Time, Good no, Time. No, it's, it's High Life. It's oh, okay. on uh, Hulu it's a space or one. Amazon. The Space One. It's okay. got like two stars out He did one five. last year called Good Time. But is it actually a two-star movie or just angry anti-Twilight people? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, think, I think we're past the whole angry Twilight thing. So I you feel like... I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And that's kind of what I'm getting at is like, we got to let these people outgrow that are... are our visions of what they did in the past. They're going to have to grow up, you know. Right. I think it can happen. I mean, look at like Leonardo DiCaprio and his career path, yeah, right? I was like, going to bring that up because I didn't like Leo until I saw Gangs in New York and I was right. like, okay, now I really like this guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I so. think I think it's cool that uh, Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart Yes. Yeah. Have like, basically they've got all that Twilight money. They're rich as fuck. They don't, you know, they don't give right. a shit. They can do whatever now. And now they're doing these little parts in these little movies that and are Kristen like. Kristen Stewart's got that underwater one we're going to see. Yeah. And yeah. Um, crossing January. my fingers, she turns herself around for me. So yeah. we'll see if that happens. <laughs> for you, Mark. Only for you. Only for yes. me. Yeah. All right. Garrett, you got anything? No, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, today we are here to talk about 2011's Cabin in the Woods, directed by Drew Goddard. 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 I believe he's saying I'm Goddard. not good at pronouncing things. <laughs> Drew Goddard. Um, this was written by Joss, Joss Whedon and Drew Goddard. Um, oh. I went and looked at Drew's IMDb credits. He's written a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he did some Daredevil episodes. He's slated to do X-Force. I didn't even know that was still happening. Uh, Sinister still happening. Six. God damn. Uh, among other comic book things, The Martian. He wrote the Martian movie, or he wrote the, I guess, the screenplay, screenplay. adaptation. Yeah. The Martian. Bad Times at El Royale. Did you guys see that one? I saw that one. That came out last year. Yeah, yeah I saw that one. It, yeah. I want to. Is it good? Uh, it's good. I think it's. I think what it suffers from is. Uh, it's definitely easily could be like, oh, this is a Tarantino esque film. Uh, it felt like one of those. Or yeah. trying to be one of those. Yeah, but I bring it up because it also has um, Thor in it. Yes, it also uh, has Chris Hemsworth. Uh, yeah, Chris Hemsworth. There we go. Uh, he also wrote Cloverfield. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Didn't know that until I. So this guy's really good at what Boo he does. This man. Boo. No. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't like Cloverfield. Oh, we'll have to do that one one day. Uh, he's yeah, he's written some good stuff, but it is funny because I think El Royale. It's 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 weird. It's a good movie, but I don't think it's uh, it's not what you kind of anticipated. I guess. Hmm. Yeah. So this is his first directorial debut. Yeah. He also did direct the El Royale movie as well. Yeah, yeah. That's his second one. Um, which is wild because it's like, that came out last year. This was 2011. Yeah, so you had a which big break. For me, it's like, honestly, this movie feels like it came out much longer than that. I don't know if just because... No, same. Yeah. I was like, I, for some reason, if I, if I didn't know, I would have guessed this came out more like in 2006 or something. Yeah, that's how it all felt to me. But I haven't seen this movie since it came out in theaters. Uh-huh. So this is my f- second time ever watching this movie. I've seen it about eight times yeah, now. I've seen it a ton. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, the cast, we have Kristen Connolly as Dana, Chris Hemsworth as Kurt, Anna Hutchinson as Jules, Fran Kranz as Marty, Jesse Williams as Holden, Richard Jenkins as Sitterson, Bradley Whitford as Hadley, Brian White as Truman, Amy Acker as Lynn, and Tim Desarn as Mordecai. In my mind, I like just put Felicia Day in this movie. I just, <laughs> I was just in there. I kept ex- waiting for her to show up. <laughs> the lead actress, I was like, I feel like I've seen her and stuff, but I realized she was also just very like a very good composite of like the nerdy girl actress yeah. that we saw at that time a lot. So yeah. I was like, oh, I think that's why I'm like thinking she's someone else. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. As I'm wont to do with these type of movies <laughs> that try to make me watch teens for a while, I immediately go look up the age of the actor and actresses. They were all 30 and 28 to 30 years old. At the oh, time yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Thor was definitely a grown man in the, you know, by <laughs> yeah. this point. And so was Jesse Williams. He was, I think, already in Grey's Anatomy 
Right? Grey's oh, Anatomy. that's right. He wasn't. He's that in show. Jay's Grey's Anatomy. That's what people know him from. Playing a, He's a beautiful man. In one show yeah. and a teenager in another. He's a beautiful man. You got to keep track of those. You know. Bring it on. <laughs> he was not in that. <laughs> it's yeah. already been brought in. Uh, yeah, man, classic film. Yeah, it really is underrated. It is. No. Is it? Yeah. Yes. Is it really great. underrated? I was actually thinking about Drumline the other day. I don't know why I thought about Drumline. Oh, another good one. That's another classic film. I think I it's because like, you see the cheerleader movie and I get what you're thinking. You're like, oh, this is probably dumb, but it's. it's Garrett's laughing because he knows these movies are dumb, but they're fun movies. Yeah. They're good. I'm laughing at the fact that we're talking about Drumline. <laughs> we should be talking about Cabin in the Woods. That was oh, the last no. time anybody saw Orlando Jones. Oh, yeah, it really was. Where are you? In public, yeah. <laughs> Still learning how to drum. <laughs> well, here's what the back of the box has to say about Cabin in the Woods. Five friends go to a remote cabin in the woods. Bad things happen. If you think you know the story, think again. From fan favorites Joss Whedon and Drew Goddard comes The Cabin in the Woods, a mind-blowing horror film that turns the genre inside out. Produced by Whedon and directed by Goddard from a script by both the film stars, a bunch of people I've already mentioned. That's the end of the back of the box. Do you think Joss Whedon wrote that? Because it sounds like he wrote that. (laughs) From Joss Whedon's Joss Whedon Project. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. From Joss Whedon. No, I didn't cheat on my wife. Oh, damn. (laughs) <laughs> the sins of the Whedons will be laid bare for our Karis listeners. Karis just today. shaking his head at me. The, the pull quote for this is the smartest horror film in years, which I feel like is a pretty low bar. That's what Joss Whedon wrote. Yeah. yeah. He wrote that. <laughs> Josh Whedon On the bar calls napkin. It. Yeah. In 2011, the bar was on the ground. Yeah, yeah true. So. <laughs> he was in the, the hotel bar and he's like, oh, I got to come up with a tagline for, or something for this. Well, here's what the Rotten Tomatoes score is. 91% with critics out of 278 and 74% out of 206,935. So that's what I'm saying. Like, you guys say it's underrated. I'm like, well, it seems to be rated pretty no. good. No, he no, said no. Bring It On was Bring underrated. It On is underrated. Oh, right. Not Kevin in the Woods. Okay. <laughs> not the movie we're talking about, <laughs> but another movie that has nothing to do with this. Well, you two can start a podcast with my wife and you can talk sure, about all yeah. the Bring It Ons if you want. Oh, I've yeah, never seen the first do. one. Yeah. Oh, man. They get okay. They get they okay. Get, they get okay. <laughs> That's the back of the box right there. <laughs> they get okay. Yeah, yeah. But what do you guys think of Cabin in the Woods? Oh, I love this movie. I was rewatch when I rewatched it for you know the episode. I was like, I just love everything about this movie because it's not only a great horror that movie. The happiest you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just love everything about this movie. Oh, after some of the movies we've watched. Uh, it's nice to clear the palette some because not only is it a good movie, like a good horror movie, it's a great parody. And I think those two things play so well together. I could just watch it again. Like right now, if you threw it on, I would watch it. All right. We're pausing the cast. Here we go. <laughs> Throw it on. Um, this, this movie has a stellar cast. Everybody in it, I think does a fantastic job. And I love seeing, uh, anytime they bring in Richard Jenkins, like that dude is just, he brings it to everything he's done. Which yeah. one's Richard Jenkins? He's one of the, the, the lab guys. Is he Hadley or is he... He's not, he's, he's, he's not the Billy Madison enemy. He's okay. The, uh, he's the other one. Okay. The older guy. With, <laughs> yeah, the older yeah. guy. Non-West Wing. <clears throat> and he's been he's still doing stuff that's, you know, pretty high profile. He was in the Lady of the Water. Not that one. Shape the Fish Man. Shape, Shape of Water. Shape of Water, yeah. Shape of Water. Uh, he's also he the did. dad in Set Brothers, wasn't he? Yeah. The one that had to, like the T-Rex <laughs> monologue. I was yeah. like, what a great monologue. Yeah. Yeah, so um, like I said, this is about the seventh or eighth time that I've watched this thing, and I still think it's good, but I think it's starting to lose a little bit for me. I don't know if I could continually to rewatch this movie like John. I'm glad you you said that, because I actually, not to interrupt, sorry, Garrett. No, it's okay, go ahead. (laughs) But uh, 
it's funny because I remember watching this in 2011. Again, I've only seen this twice. So this is my second time as of this morning. So watched 2011, I remember leaving the theater. So and being like, that was actually really great. I can't mm. wait to see that again. Cut to what, eight or nine years <laughs> yeah. later. Watching it again the second for the second time this morning, I'm like, oh, I haven't actually watched this since I left the theater. And uh, yeah, I was like, that was good, but not as great as I remember. And I don't know if it's because as I'm getting old and, you know, as I'm getting older and my beard gets grayer, <laughs> just like, okay, I kind of see where this is going kind of thing and just know what the, what the punchline is going to be. What the beats where, are. Yeah, what the beats are and everything. Or if it's just because we now are at this point where like now every kind of film can kind of just do that, even if you're not a they parody film. They are self-aware now. Yeah. Yeah. I and uh, especially because now I've like, I've watched all the screen movies in a row and seeing like oh yeah they kind of did that not that again this is the first meta film to ever exist but meta and horror is right. a thing that's been yeah. around it's just that they did their own 2000s take on it or something yeah i think when you when you've already had the mystery of what is unique about this film pieced True. together yeah. and then you rewatch it again you mm -hmm. don't have that same aha mm -hmm. you know because that was the biggest deal when i went and saw it in the theater it was just like okay what the fuck yeah yeah is this secret lab thing mm -hmm. like, like yeah they don't explain it to you until maybe two-thirds of the way through the film, then you're like, oh, okay, yeah. I, I totally get what's Why going on Why do they cut now. to these office guys, these yeah. guys in an office building? Right. I yeah. kind of always, like, before you figured it out, I was like, oh, I thought it was, like, a hostile situation, and then you yeah. find, like, rich people were watching this happen. Yeah. But, uh, I have a note that was like, oh, I figured out, the first time I saw this movie, I was like, I figured out this movie, like, right away, mm -hmm. and I was totally wrong. <laughs> um, because I had, like, I was like, oh, this is this, this is this, and I had, like, a big chunk of it figured out. But then I totally missed like the real meat right. of like the twist. But I mean, that just goes to anything with like a giant kind of twist. It's like mm -hmm. once you know it, will you ever fully get the same thing out of it? I'm with you, John. Every time I watch this movie, it doesn't lose anything for me. Yeah. It's, it's less about the surprise of what's happening and more about like how well written these characters are Agreed. and the interactions and like the choices they make and how it's so well thought out. Like every plot hole or every like, well, that's a dumb decision. They've written in the reason why it is done. Except for one. Except for a few, but like for the most part, they really take yeah. the time to kind they of do. like, this is why people would do what they do. So here's a question for you, Leroy. Do you rewatch your favorite comedies like normally? I generally like don't rewatch movies much anyways yeah. to begin with. Yeah. So that's uh, that's that's on me. Fair enough. Uh, even if I really, really love it. And that's just because there's so many movies in True the world. So. <laughs> there's so Mark? much media that's vying for my attention already. Exactly. <laughs> no, I don't really rewatch comedies at all. I watch yeah. them maybe twice at max and then I'm done with them. See, so that that's might fair. be part of it. I'll put on my favorite comedy and laugh. You know, sometimes I find myself laughing to new jokes as I've sure, like grown yeah. up or changed. Uh, yeah, we talked about this in a previous episode. Yeah, I think so. How, like, come up. Um, like, how, like, like, I'll find new jokes, like things I, I missed before. Right. Maybe there's your demarcation audience. There you go. <laughs> and it's, it's not that I'm saying this movie's not good. It's yeah, definitely yeah, it's good. Still a good it's movie. definitely up there, but it's, it's like I said, it's dropped, you know, if I was going to rank it. Gen know. Z may not find it as fun as us. Yeah. Oh, about for that? sure. They're, like, <laughs> they're so savvy. Yeah. These like young saturated kids. by memes now. Like, <laughs> I'm surprised this movie hasn't generated more memes, actually. Saturated by memes. Yeah. yeah. It's in their bloodstream. That's right. <laughs> Inject mean. another cat meme <laughs> between the toes. Oh, they're oh, so no. beyond They're cat beyond memes. cat memes at this Dude, point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. I'm no, a no. boomer now. I'm yeah. a boomer. <laughs> Welcome me to they're your club. They're on meta memes, man. They're multi-level deep. Yeah, yeah. So this one, the generic title, Cabin in the Woods, actually stopped me from oh, no. watching it John, for the John, were you going to do a pedantic time. thing and be like, The Cabin in the yes, Woods? Yes, I didn't know that. This whole time, since 2011, and then when I couldn't fucking find it, I was like, oh, it's called The Cabin in the Woods? Yeah, The Cabin uh, in the Woods. I did not know that. I just thought it was called Cabin in the Woods until uh, a week ago. We just shorthand that shit. Yeah. That's right. So Cabin in the Woods... <laughs> 
Um, I was sitting here like watching it when I was checking it out before we recorded this podcast. I was thinking of what Cabin in the Woods movies are there other than Evil Dead. Sure. What are they? Um, Name me some others. The fucking Eli Roth one. What's it the, called? Uh, uh, oh, Cabin one. Cabin, 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 Cabin Fever. Fever. It's yeah. in the name, Mark. <laughs> Good point. All right. Cabin yeah. Fever. Cabin Fever 2. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough because like, I don't think any of the Friday the 13th take place in a cabin. They're all like, what, camps and yeah, stuff? Yeah, but there are cabins right. at there the There are cabins. Camp, and they are in the woods. And I think it's just one of, maybe it's just one of those like, oh, these mo- slasher films take place at a cabin or something. Yeah. Whatever, or maybe just Evil Dead. I mean, Evil Dead was such a big thing, right? For um, cult, a cult favorite that now all the horror films take place in a cabin in the woods. The comedy one that just came out that we all love, they can't remember Tucker and Dale. Tucker and Dale, Tucker yes, and Dale. that happened in a in a cabin. Dead mm. Snow, tech, I think, does uh, take place in a cabin in the woods. Yeah. Did you say Death Note? Dead, Dead, Dead Snow. Snow. Dead, Dead Snow. It's the okay. zombie yeah, yeah. Nazis, right? Zom- yeah. Nazi zombies. Yeah. That one was fun. Yeah. yeah. That's that's another one. But again, I think that came out after this movie, right? It was around the same time. Yeah. It's one of those things. Yeah. That's a great question, Mark. Misery. Misery. Sure. Uh, yeah. Okay. And then the only other one I could find was uh, Willem Dafoe's Antichrist. What a weird film that was. That's a bizarre ass movie. What a what a dumb film that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I concur. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, so yes, it looks like a cabin in the woods is is not that rare. Not common, but not rare. Here's a hot take for you. I'm not a big cabin guy. <laughs> I'm not going to take a vacation in a cabin. I just don't like the idea of being in a wooded building out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Really? Oh, that sounds so relaxing. So you're not going to come on our West Texas trip out in the middle of nowhere with me, Mark, and John? No. Oh, man. You guys are good. Let me know how that works <laughs> out for you. Look at the stars. Yeah. I was just sharpening the axes in the back. Or the lack yeah. of. Uh, oh. <laughs> well, in, in June, I went to uh, Stephen King country, Maine, and stayed in a cabin in the woods. Oh, there you go. Uh, Upcoming author, Stephen King. And I'm not going to lie to you. There was no cell reception out there, really. And th- during the dark of night, I was staring out the windows like, there could be anything out there waiting yeah. to murder me right now. Oh, yeah. There's deer. Did your wife eaters. go with you on this trip? Yes. It, it was and an anniversary was awesome. trip. Oh, uh, she was, she was like, like, would you shut up? Go yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Because like, okay. her mind hasn't been warped by horror films. Right, so exactly. She's like relaxing. <laughs> Although now that she's seen The Lighthouse. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. But anyway, I'm with you, Garrett. I don't... I want to have nice, uh, relaxing vacations with all the amenities that come with the 21st century living, right? So going out in the woods is just like, I, I, John, I think you're going to say something like, I want to turn my cell phones right. off. We and do I too escape. much 21st right. century you living. You can do that, though. I do that all the time. I'm just like, all right, just put my phone down. I don't oh. dick with my phone half the time. And I'm just like, cool. Now I'm always stressing I'm missing a work email. Or, oh, see, that's a yeah. personal oh, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. That's why I like you go out in the woods. You're going like, fucking, no, oh, sorry, I didn't see your email. I was just connected from society yeah. well when you schedule your staycation at home you just turn the phone off man yeah. and you can do whatever you want in your own house uh, you, you know, don't worry about those emails sounds <laughs> a lot easier than uh, it is it is at least that for easy. me <laughs> all right well what do you guys want to talk about are you cabin in the woods right the movie in? we're here to talk about <laughs> i'd like to go back garrett has a long line. list of notes <laughs> <laughs> i want so, to talk about this plot that literally is full of like Amazing scenes. So Orlando Jones. You guys remember the Seven Up commercials? I do remember Osmosis Jones. Now you mention it. Yeah. yeah. Make Seven Up yours. Yeah. Damn. Oh, wow, a that's a throwback tagline. <laughs> All right, fine. We'll get into the plot. Think I'm a puppet? Gonna do a little fucking puppet dance? I'm the boss of my own brain, so give it up. Garrett, how's this movie kick off? Kicks off in a way that I did not expect. Right. Um, this is my like. 
I've watched this movie multiple times, but every time this movie starts, I always forget it starts in an office building. Yeah, they're like driving a golf cart or whatever. Yeah, they're on a golf cart, <laughs> just driving along, just having like just normal. Oh no, they're in the the coffee room. Oh right, they're and walking. They eventually, yeah. and they're having this conversation about like they're trying. One of the characters is trying to get his wife's trying to get pregnant. Childproof cabinets. It's like, just, just mundane business talk, <laughs> like just like in between like coffee break talk, and you're just like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. Did you relate to that part more than in 2000? I probably have had that conversation verbatim. <laughs> I will <laughs> say that this movie has the best title screen splash of over the guys in the golf oh, cart. Yeah. <laughs> Cabin in the woods, really loud noise. And it's like, wait, we're not even in the woods yet. <laughs> yeah, I remember, yeah. I remember laughing pretty hard at that in the theater thinking like, that's great. That's a good job. Sets the mood pretty yeah. early. And then we cut to them going into this room, getting everything prepared. We get introduced to... Um, like the security Tru- guard. Oh God, what's it? it starts with a T. Truman. Truman. I knew it was right with a T. He did. You were you were so close. You're like Trudy. True. <laughs> Trudy Waggle. <laughs> Reno nine one one. And Truman's purpose is really just to stand in for the audience, so that yes. the, the plot yeah. can be explained to us in pieces as it goes along, because he's the new recruit. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's there to keep this room secure, and you're not really sure what they're doing, but you can tell it's like pretty complex. Think. Um, you know, NASA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very fancy. And you have all these monitors of like Stockholm and Tokyo and like all over the world. And you want to know how come we're spending $100,000 for a toilet seat? Well, this is where all the money's going, people. <laughs> yeah. This is where it is. You basically find out there's there's something going on. And then before we find out what it is, we cut to the kids. Right. It's like the get the band together scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where all of our characters are going to meet up because they're going on a trip to a cabin in the woods. And <laughs> yeah. we're introduced to our two main lead female characters, Jules and Dana got those names right <laughs> and um they're having a conversation like jules goes blonde you know she yeah. dyes her hair blonde you're like great fantastic and you realize that dana is a bookworm and she's real kind of like your she your slept every with her girl. professor who yeah, then dumped she, her and then she blamed herself well we find out later on they're all bookworms these yes, are all, like, all nerdy nerds. kids yes we, we really kind of flipped the script even the jock yeah. is all like you yeah. don't want to read that you want to yeah. read this which yeah, I, yeah. Impre- I appreciated that yes yeah. because it, it, their descent into the stereotypical characters of these horror movies yeah. is even made more bare you yeah. know uh, because they're not that they don't okay. start out like because you find out that it's a they manipulate these people into becoming these stereotypes mm-hmm. because that's how this right. has to play out right and we're probably going to inadvertently spoil the hell out of this movie before well, the we spoiled it in our cold opening, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but um, it kind of flips the script, but everyone's kind of like supposed to be playing certain characters. We get Chris Hemsworth character, um, Kurt. Yeah, right? he's like the quote unquote jock. Yeah, but, and uh, but he's really smart. Yeah. Then we get the new guy. He just transferred in from state. Yes, he's a football player. He's got uh, great hands, we're told. Right. His he, character's name is Holden. Holden. Holden's right. Oh, Holden, great hands. Because you want <laughs> let's hold in hands. Yeah. Multi level. This movie's operating it's on Jesse a whole. Williams. You want him to hold you. That's and he's like, his last name is Hands. I hope so. <laughs> uh, then, then, then he's the he's the pretty boy intellect. Do you think any college student in 2011 was still taking Soviet economic theory classes? I don't know. Maybe if that's your major. I uh, mean, if they're like, what is it? One of them is a sociology major. It's yeah. a good chance it could be the case. You think they're still learning about the Soviet Union. Now they are. I feel like now more than ever we might need to. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, um, and then we are introduced to our stoner character, Marty, Marty, who I will say this about stoner characters in horror movies. The, the writers commit to weed. Yes. Like <laughs> this dude is rolling up in an old jalopy and the car is like hot boxed. He has got this like two foot long bong right. in his car. Uh, do you want to spend the weekend in jail? Because we'd all like to check out my cousin's country home. Marty, honey, that's not okay. Statistical fact, cops will never pull over a man with a huge bong in his car. Why? They fear this man. They know he sees farther than they. He will bind them 
with ancient logics. I'm pretty sure they don't, but okay. Yeah. And his windows are all rolled down, and he fucking locks the car. He locks he the car through the open window. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I miss that. That's oh, pretty funny. So the stoners in horror movies, though, are operating on some kind of weed that I'm not sure actually exists in real life. <laughs> it might be, but geez. Um, we realize that Chris Hemsworth's cousin just recently bought a cabin. They're all going to go check it out, and it's no studying. It's supposed to be a... Kind of like you, John, a break from everything. Yeah. To be off the grid. But it's really to get Dana hooking up with Holden. Yes. It's, it's like their their big arch plan here. They've got kind of a side setup thing going on. And then, boom, we're on the road. Yes. There's some great dialogue in here, too, that we're completely mm-hmm. bypassing over, but it's just classic uh, Joss Whedon, you know. Dialogue, yeah. Water, yeah. No, it's, it's all really well done. And I think that's one of the, the strengths of this movie is that there's little things in it that, like, you either notice or you don't. I mean, even if you don't notice, your brain does. So, yeah. you're, you it, like, builds up and you appreciate, like, the closing the car, <laughs> locking the car through the open window. Or, uh, what the hell, like turns out homegirls has no pants in like the first opening scene oh, of the film so funny. everyone was walking around her the whole time and then finally thor is like oh you don't you're not wearing any pants and she's like oh yeah and like freaks out because that wouldn't normally happen just like little things like that that are like really cute and funny and not to take anything away from um godard um yeah but those are cl- those are also classic joss Whedon oh, yeah, like yeah. character things like in his x-men run he had a lot of that stuff between characters that was just like that we hadn't really seen in that way right. before so it was mm-hmm. just really good to see it like play out really the movie. realistic it feels like the kind of dialogue you'd have with your friends like in real life right it would never of course be as sharp and witty as in a movie but it feels like the same topics and kind of stuff that like i remember talking about when I was in college, so yeah. these guys have worked together for quite some time. Uh, mm-hmm. Godard was also a writer on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, yeah, yeah. you know, so he's been working with Weed. Oh, that's for right, a Josh Weed did time. Buffy, yeah, Dude, <laughs> yeah. I guess that's what he's known for, but I right, like forget. one of his uh, breakout hits there. Okay, yeah, Angel was another one. I think, yeah, also yeah, anyway, Dollhouse yeah. and uh, Dollhouse. Marty was in do- Dollhouse. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah. actually, when this movie came out, I was like, I know a lot of these people from that Dollhouse show. Yeah, uh, I liked Dollhouse, but yeah, it was all right. Yeah, but anyway. Anyway, yeah, they're uh, they've got a good chemistry, so it's mm-hmm. not surprising that this script is as well written as it is. And it's like, so this movie wastes like no time. Like uh, Gary was saying, we then they're on the road, and they immediately show you something weird's happening because you're following this like majestic eagle just <laughs> flying through nature and just. Bam! Hits like some force field and explodes into feathers. <laughs> yeah, you. Is this going to be Chekhov's force field? Uh, it definitely oh, is. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> that was the first time you really realized it was something like yeah. manufactured about what these kids were doing. And I that mean, was like the first fifteen minutes of the movie tops. I actually yeah. think it might have been earlier, but it was really early in the yeah, movie. Because right one. beforehand, they stop at the gas station. Mm-hmm. And that's the harbinger. Oh, is right. This old mm-hmm. creepy guy who like, your standard horror movie, like it, stop at a gas station, like warning. one of the morning. best characters in this movie. And they did such a great job of creating this great character and not like abuse, like abusing it. You see him, he has this one scene, does a great job and is gone. Like, yeah. Where's another it? great scene, but yeah. Yes, but it's very <laughs> short. He's like in the movie for like five minutes, 10 minutes tops. And it is just, everything he says is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> character's name is Mordecai. Yeah, Mordecai. of course it is. <laughs> and so as they, as they leave this gas station, and having, having an interaction and you kind of see where Hemsworth almost beats up because he said he talks some shit to one of the girls and Hemsworth almost beats him up but Marty stops him and he's like okay all right con- we'll calm down and then they leave 
And then, of course, he's all cryptic. You know, Mordecai's right. all well, cryptic he's and angry. Like, they're like, oh, you know, uh, do you sell gas? He's like, if you know how to work the pump. Yeah. <laughs> and, and oh, he's being a dick. Yeah, Marty's yeah. like, I think this is barter gas. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so, it's like every dialogue in this movie is off the chain. But after they leave, that's when we see them go through the tunnel, which is the only way you have to go through this tunnel right. around a giant and gorge. And that's when the eagle happens. And then in between the gorge is where that force field is. Then we cut back to the office. I'm going to call it the office. But like, <laughs> we cut back to the office where um, we're having and Citizen are at and they get a call and they're like hey the Harbinger's on the phone he really wants to talk to you guys and they're like I'll take a message and they're like he really freaking me out just take this like okay and this is where we get that moment where you really just see how wonderful like the comedic aspect of the script is mm. Mordecai baby what's happening how's the weather up top the lambs have passed through the gate they are come to the killing floor well you're, you're doing a great job out there their blind eyes see nothing of the horrors to come their ears are stopped they're the gods fool. That's how it works. Cleanse them. Bathe them in the crimson of... Am I on speakerphone? No, absolutely not. Speakerphone, no. No, I wouldn't do that. Yes, I am. I, I can hear the echo. Oh, my God. You, uh, you're right. Hang on one second. I'll take you off. That's rude. I, I don't know who's in the room. You're off. Thank you. Don't take this lightly, boy. The ancient ones see everything, and they will not be... <laughs> Still on speakerphone, aren't I? <laughs> this wonderful moment of levity. Yeah, because most like movies, that's so rude to do to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great how like real it is, but like um, I think that's what works really well is like instead of the moments of levity where like you see someone like oh let's go to the park and have fun, you mm -hmm. know, like where it's like not a horror thing. It's this really hard comedy. Yeah. Where they just kind of like, they really break you out of the horror aspect of it. It's also great because I, I like the way that this, the office antics are kind of going on. Because it is just like, if you've been in an office long enough and you're like, I'm tired of this shit. Yeah. But you kind of just fuck around just like these guys fuck around. It's like, yeah, they're fucking with people. They're fucking around because job security, but also like they're bored. They want to do, this stuff is boring to them. So they want to do other things to pass the time. There's a moment, like, just like Mark said, where Truman is our audience you know yeah. he really is the character that they explain why they're doing it and why they're behaving certain ways but we'll talk about that in a minute but yeah so they finally get to the cabin everyone seems pretty stoked about it no one's weirded out by this shitty looking why cabin. would they be it's just a cabin it's <laughs> a <laughs> shitty looking cabin in the middle of the woods i'm just not comfortable with this uh i don't know i think if you're 20 and you got a cabin in the woods you, you'd be oh, like you mean our 30 year old easy. college kids well you got to think about in context of the movie <laughs> but yes uh i if you don't know you're in a horror they're on their ninth year of their doctrines yeah. okay <laughs> They're getting their doctorate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I guess. I mean, they, they don't say what they're in college for, so I there guess it go. is possible. <laughs> what does they go? So they get to the cabin. So, they, <laughs> so then Tucker and Dale come out of the cabin. Yeah, just kidding. Yeah. And then it I turns out we're nighttime. in the yeah. Is it then, cut to nighttime? No, they're they're happen? getting they're like yeah, changing they're, and they're like picking, oh. they're picking their rooms. Yeah. and yes. uh, Holden goes into his and he's like. Oh shit, two-way mirror. Yeah. Well, he sees that painting, which I was like, oh, that's gotta go. It's some intense <laughs> like painting of like frontiersmen like skinning a deer. They're the sacrifice. Yeah, and you're it's just like, what the pretty, fuck? Pretty on the nose yeah. for the cabin to just have that in there. So he takes it down and then yeah, it's a two-way mirror and on the other side is Dana and she's getting undressed, of course. And so then you're watching him have this internal struggle with himself <laughs> of like, Mm, do I tell her? Do I tell her? But thankfully, he makes the right choice and rushes over and, uh, oh, no, he bangs on the window mm -hmm. and then she, stop her, yeah, yeah, dresses like. The first thing you guys do when you get to your room in a hotel, do you start like changing clothes? Do you no. like get naked? 
I think I, I, Look, I, I wear Mark. driving clothes, and then I got hanging out clothes, yeah, yeah. and then I got barbecue clothes. I, I've got a Mark's, set of clothes for every. Nothing event. against Dana, but like she immediately is like kind of looking at her face, like, "Yeah, all right, let's check this out." I think she's I'm take my shirt off, changing and I'm like, Whoa. into her bikini because the next scene yeah. they go to the lake. Yeah, I guess I wasn't disgusted. No, it wasn't. Was, I, was, I was like, "Wow, she just walked straight in." I was like, "I'm getting nude," and I was like. Oh, that's a choice. Yes, it does feel like they cut out a scene where they're like, all right, let's all get ready for the lake. Yeah. But I think yeah. that's what. Or, yeah, to your point, she was just like, time to change to my cabin clothes. <laughs> my cabin, cabin gear. I, I don't know if there's like cut scenes from this one. I imagine there are. But it is funny because uh, it's a 90 minute movie. Yeah. It's pretty short. I, I, for some reason, I thought it was much longer because it I think it's so longer. packed. Yeah. We're just used to movies being that long. Yeah. Now. Like if they put this out today, it would probably be two and a half hours long yeah, or something. And there'd be like unnecessary scenes or something. <laughs> but still, I was like, yeah, they, they do briefly go through things pretty quick. Yeah. And I think it's in between the scene of the characters realizing there's a two-way mirror holding yeah. the switches rooms because he's still being a nice guy. Yeah. And I will say out of all the transformations of characters' um, personalities through this movie, his seems the least affected. Yeah. Uh, you mean like how he, he behaves and reacts yeah, to things? Yeah, he, he kind of just seems the same throughout all the movie. Well, he seems kind of go with the flow. So maybe they're just kind of like, yeah, he's going to go with whatever's going down. Yeah. Yeah. But at any rate, they switch the rooms and this is where we go back to the office as we're calling it, right? Mm -hmm, and yeah. we're kind of giving some insight to the betting pool, which we did at the top of the episode. So let's go ahead and explain that now. John, tell us what is oh, the I twist. I love spoiling shit. I know. So go ahead. Tell us what the big twist about this movie so is. So it turns out that these rituals are happening all over the world, um, are important to keep the old gods uh, satisfied and keep them asleep so they don't wake up and kill everybody on Earth and start an era of old godness. And old godness. Old godness. <laughs> and that is, that would be a very bad time for that the human race. That shit. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So it's an OG era is what you're saying. Yes. Uh, exactly. It is <laughs> it's an, an OG, OG era. era. Um, and so they have to go through a certain sequence of events. Primarily the Virgin has to suffer. Uh, everyone else has to die before her. Um, she could, the Virgin's death is optional. They let us know. As long as everyone dies before, before her. her. Yes. Right. Uh, and then when the sequence of events happens, uh, the blood goes to the old gods and they are good for another year until they do this all over again next year. And there has to be a ritual, like ritualist aspect to it. Right. There they has have to be to a choose. performance. So yes, the, they, they create these situations, each location around the world's crazy situations where these victims have to choose their own demise. Right. They make a big deal about that. They have to, it has to be like theater though. It can't just be like, you can't just kill these people. Mm -hmm. They talk about that. Like it's gotta be like played up in this whole, like, they want the old gods want to be entertained, right? Because they they when the boobs come, like they of course as every horror movie there are <laughs> boobs, and uh, I think the was it the girl or the security guard? One of them was like, "Why does it matter?" And uh, yeah, Truman yeah, they're, says they're explaining that. it to Truman, yes. and because they're why he's watching money exchange hands. He's mm -hmm. like, "What are you?" guys doing this mm -hmm. is kind of morose like mm -hmm. what the hell is yeah. going on it's like look it's gonna happen either way but it's got to be done this way and they have to make their own choices they have to ignore the harbinger of doom which they've done with mordecai at the gas station and right, then like they need to transgress mm -hmm. and that means they're gonna go fucking do all the bad stuff you see in You're all the horror movies right yep and as this is pointing out you find out that this this operations room is manipulating them with gases or drugs that like like for instance when the girl dyed her hair blonde they actually put the hormone in her hair it's dye supposed to make her stupid to make her yeah. stupid and like really horny so she'll basically be the slut which they need or the whore as they call it yes. which they need and um, so basically you find out and then Truman says well you're manipulating the game they're not really choosing and they're like we're allowed to manipulate the game enough 
but they still are the ones that make the choice of whether to do the things or whether and how they die. Right. Cause like their, their example is the harbinger basically says, if you go there, you're going to die. Mm -hmm. Uh, they couldn't be any more obvious and they just (laughs) blow, you know, right by them. Right. So it's like, they have opportunities to escape before they transgress. Was there any history or detail about why this particular group was chosen? The kids? Yes. No, they just choose randomly. Yeah. Yeah, It's from what I gather from the, the movie. And I think one of the things we're also leaving out right now is that they do do this play thing in other parts of the world in their own way. Like in Japan, they cut to Japan constantly. It's like there's a ring-esque monster. Right, ghost in a school right. yeah, type it's thing. Like, Everyone else in the world had failed. So AKA by failing, it means the people survived. It's the redundancy yeah. package. Yeah, Basically, yeah, yeah. like everyone's giving it their best shot. And if someone succeeds, cool. And if so, all that's left backups. is Japan and America. Yeah. Uh, and that's uh, to your point. They keep cutting to Japan because they're like the backup or yeah, it's yeah. our point Because Japan's view. like they have a 100% clearance record. They've never failed. Right. We're just doing this because we know Japan's going to win, but right, that's right. fine. But to Mark's point, it's like, no, they, they kind of get the idea that it's all randomized. Yeah. The only little hint that I got of any outside of like the planning stages of all this mm-hmm. about getting them involved is at the beginning of the movie, uh, Chris Hemsworth says, my cousin got a cabin. And then at the end of the movie, like yeah. <laughs> one of the survivors is like, I don't even think Kurt has a cousin. Right, right. <laughs> Which is a, yeah. a, I mean, feels almost impossible for someone to not have a cousin. At least yeah. one cousin. <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, if you're an only child. Yeah, true. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. It's possible. Yeah. But right. yeah, so anyway, you find you out... They only come from big families that didn't yeah. put two and two together there. <laughs> yeah, the big pomp and circumstance of this underground base is to basically make sure that America is doing their part to go through the motions to keep the old gods appeased. And if everyone else, whoever does it, great. It's just they have to do this every year. Somebody does yeah. it. Yeah, Back every to year. the betting. Yes. The betting we're talking about. Mark. Right, there's a giant whiteboard. There's like all these monsters listed and there's all this money is exchanging hands. And right. I love the part where it's like, well, if you take that monster, you're going to have to split it with maintenance. And he's like, but wait a minute. They always choose that monster. Oh, the intern? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's like, are you sure you got to split it? And he's like, I don't know. What should I do? What should I do? And he's like, I don't, I just want this interaction to be over with. So choose. And like, which is, I don't know how many times I've felt that in my life. Yes. And I wish I could just say that to people. Like, I just want this to be over. You could, he did. Yeah. 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 So he also insults maintenance. Cause he's kind of a dick. He's like, look, if they had creativity, they wouldn't be in maintenance. Yeah. yeah. Like, but Ouch. they win. So. They do win. Yeah. But yeah, so basically everyone's taking bets and Truman's like, this seems very wrong. And they're like, look, and then Lynn, the other, um, the scientist from yeah. the fem- female scientist from the chemical group. Look, we just, we have to do something to lighten this mood because if we don't like, you know, like it's too, it's too dark. Mm-hmm. So anyway, all bets are placed. You find out that, um, Hadley always bets on the merman because he just <laughs> wants a merman so bad. But then, yeah, we cut back to the house. And it's Sitterson's like, you don't want to see merman, dude. The cleanup <laughs> on that is awful. And the thing is, you have not seen any of these, so you have no context for like right. what's going on. So you're like reading these names. You're like, what the fuck? We cut back to the blonde making out with a stuffed wolf head. Well, well it's, it's truth, truth or dare. dare. Yeah. 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 Thank, you. Thank you, John. So <laughs> disgusting, though, just watching this happen because I, I didn't pay, I didn't hear them say truth or dare. I was oh, like, you started, you started. I was like <laughs> looking. They were like true. I was looking at my notes and I looked up and she was making out. You've the watched wolf this movie and I was like, oh, eight times. How I know, do you? I know. I gathered every it, time but he's missed something. <laughs> yeah. Look, if you just see a woman of a lady smooching a wolf, dude, it's gonna just like snap you out of whatever the hell you're in. You know but what I mean? Did you miss the next scene where they insulted <laughs> no, Dana? No, oh. I've got it. I was just trying to get us back to the cabin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair, fair, fair. And I'm describing my disgust with having to see it a lady. It is a disgusting scene. Make I agree. Make out with a wolf. It's a truth or dare. 
They're college <laughs> kids. I mean, this is something stupid that college kids would probably say. I've right. seen a bunch of sure. dumb videos on the internet yeah. where college kids do dumb but shit all the time. You'd imagine she'd like peck it, but no, she goes all in. She does like a well, well, you gotta mean make out. They said you gotta mean it. Yeah. it. Yeah. All right, fair. She goes all Team Jacob on this thing. She yeah. does, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what? Interesting tidbit. Shout out to Team Jacob. Yeah. There's a they they actually made that wolf head for this scene. And it's a silicone removable tongue, and they coated the tongue to make it look dusty and powdered sugar. So oh, okay. nice. it was not super dirty. So when she was licking that tongue, she was getting a little powdered sugar on that. Yeah. Good. They didn't just So find mama it was getting some sugar. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm glad it wasn't hey, some uh, random actual wolf. Yeah. Yeah. And is it a, You don't know where that wolf's been, you right. know? I mean, off probably the street. In the cabin, yeah. Probably. <laughs> uh, was it at this point where they pump in the gas, too, right in the cabin? No, I mean, they're turning it on like high, like yeah. throughout the whole movie. Yeah. You yeah. see the gas. Um, because then it's Dana's turn, right? And Thor's like, "Oh, we all know what you're gonna pick. Just go say truth, because she's gonna say you're gonna say dare, and we're gonna dare do something you don't want to do, and you're gonna chicken out." And everyone's like, "Whoa, what the fuck, dude?" Uh, and then she gets real offended. She's like, "Fine, dare, but conveniently, boop." Oh, not conveniently. <laughs> out of nowhere, the cellar door busts the fuck open. Yeah. And I, I put in my notes, I was like, and this is when Garrett gets in the car and yeah. says, Dude. deuces, I'm Audi 5000. And Marty is like, I don't know what the fuck's going on here, but that's some weird shit. Yeah. Um, now, if I could just put a small pause. Yes, and please And want do. to say that over the weekend, I was given some criticism Uh-oh. about you two. And <laughs> that when you always say something like, well, that's when I'm out of here. It, it, someone said, I don't think they realize that the people in the movie don't realize they're in a horror movie. Okay. But, you know. It does not dumb. matter. <laughs> if I am in my house and a cellar door busts open by itself, that's I'm calling weird... you and saying, Mark, I need to spend the night at your place. Yeah. <laughs> that's such a weird argument to make because you could just use that for anything in any film ever. Yeah. Just saying. Like, if you're well, like. Well, no, I think the criticism is like Garrett and John. Except for like maybe Platoon. You're <laughs> yeah. at Vietnam. You're not going home. Okay. I think they're, they, they say they're taking it as in they, you guys know that it's a horror movie, but our characters do not know it's a horror Fair. movie. Fair. All right. right. I'll give you that. Right. Maybe a popping open door. It's a weird cabin. Whatever. What happens next, Mark? Tell us Tell us what our characters, this brain trust, continue to do. They go downstairs and play with all the horrible uh, items <laughs> down below. Now, even if you don't know that you're in a horror movie, do you think that you would uh, fuck around with all this disgusting shit? No, I will say <laughs> Do that. you think you wouldn't go close that door immediately and be like, that didn't just fucking happen. We should probably go. Or grab a flashlight, which none of these characters do. No. No, I did uh, defend your two honor and said <laughs> this you. was in regards to our Evil Dead episode oh, where okay. you, they went downstairs and started reading out of the book. Oh, right, right. And I said, well, it was a room full of dead cats, <laughs> A, and the book was bound in paper and, and uh, uh, barbed wire, and it scratched and said, don't ever read, throw in trash, whatever, whatever. And they're like, well, okay, I might yeah. concede this. I'll, I'll throw this out there, too. <laughs> so this morning while watching this movie, I uh, had gone outside prior to starting the film and then came back in i didn't shut the door completely like i closed it enough but mm-hmm. not tight we got a huge gust of wind so at some point during the film the door our front door bursted open Oof. that's freaky yeah but then i got up i looked around no one's out there oh it's really windy okay cool closed it made sure it was actually properly closed end of story um and that's your I home did, though that's your home that's your home but i didn't wander outside and like <laughs> who's out there right or anything okay. let, me take, like, <laughs> let me take back my thing let's say i let's say my attic door pops open on me sure granted i may get up i'll turn on every light we're gonna maybe just Grab close a it and right. deal with it we have later. to investigate it possibly still gonna be very <laughs> careful about that because that shouldn't happen I probably wouldn't just leave my house if like a door opened up in my right. house. 
Now, if I go to a cabin or a Motel in 6 in like the <laughs> middle of nowhere or anywhere and a cellar door busts open by itself, not just creaks open, but shoots itself open with the force of a thousand gale winds, <laughs> like I'm going to be like, I'm probably done with this. And associate it with context clues, disgusting painting, weird two-way mirror. Even if you don't know that you're in a horror movie, maybe at some point you're like- The clues add up at some point. Weird, there's some weird shit going down. Yeah, you're probably like, all right, is someone like streaming me? Am I, be, am I, am I gonna just be raped? Like what is happening right now? <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not going at in the person who had this criticism because that is fair criticism. We do say that a lot. Yes. But the thing is, if you add all the clues up, whether you're in a horror movie or not, for me personally, yeah. I'm not risking it. Also, yeah. as a reminder, I regularly hold- I will be the first person to die in any horror movie. <laughs> it is John's a whole, got that going yeah, for so John dies first in this movie. It is a whole segment of our podcast. So right, moving on. <laughs> Let's uh, probably move on. On the critic's behalf, I will concede and say you've well defended your point. <laughs> yeah, okay? yeah. All right. Anyway, so as stated... Hey, someone's listened to our podcast, though. That's <laughs> cool. All right. At least one. Yeah. So as stated, they go down in the, the basement where it's just like a cornucopia of all this random horror <laughs> items that you would find in any horror movie you've ever seen. A flea market of horror, if you will. There you Ooh, go, exactly. I love that. That's a great, yeah, there's an anthology title for you. <laughs> Free Market of Horror. Oh, now, man, I'm not going to lie, with all the lights on in a non-cabin setting, maybe in a, like a Walmart-like storage right. room, I would want to look at every one of these items. <laughs> Context yeah. is key. They all look crazy as hell, and I'd be like, I'd want to know more about every one of these things, yeah. but never inside a cellar basement. <laughs> a surprise. Yeah, I don't. I, if I was expecting them, I would investigate them. I don't want to be surprised by a fucking like, ballerina box that plays itself like that's too weird no thank you oh did you. it play itself uh, yeah, I, yeah. As soon as yeah, just started, it, it started playing oh. like never mind no thank you <laughs> well that is because it was wound up and closed okay it's still a surprise in an unexpected ballerina box surrounded for by some weird reason I shit. thought he wound it up which I was like wouldn't that be the pick but then I realized no nah. yeah I don't know how you would have activated that horror uh, listeners I think once what the this song is, ends is, yeah. yeah if you do it again okay gotcha so basically whatever item they interact with and engage in with in this dark basement well see I think that's the thing is <laughs> If everyone's like, hey, check out what I have. I think when everyone engages in one location onto an item, whether it's doing something right. with it or just all like well, noticing Almost it. everybody. Because yeah. Marty was out the whole time. Yeah. yeah. He was just standing okay. there. He's like, like, do not touch these weird items. Yeah. <laughs> Bad things will occur. But the, what incites our act, our, our horror, what do they call them? The Buckners. The, yeah. Uh, rises, the redneck raises the zombies. zombies, right? Yeah. The redneck zombies. Redneck pain zombies. Yeah. Torture right. zombies. Totally different uh, beast. <laughs> yeah. Which is a pretty funny bring up later whenever whoever wins the betting yeah. pool is like oh i pick zombies like nah. No, no, <laughs> you didn't pit Regnet pain zombies. Yeah, so that's the difference. But there's a book from 1908, a journal of a girl who went through some horrific event, and there was some Latin in there. And then, and there's something in Latin. Okay, I'm drawing a line in the fucking sand here. Do not read the Latin. And then, like, a ghost whispers, read it. <laughs> oh, I missed that yeah. part. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but obviously, Kurt, being pumped full of alpha juice now, is just like, don't alpha be a little bitch. <laughs> He's like, don't it's be a so little bitch. <laughs> and he, like, shoves Marty aside or punches him in the arm or something. He's like, read the shit. Yeah. You know? And then we've got our exciting action to bring all the monsters in or our pain zombies. Pain yes, zombies, pain yeah. zombies. Uh, we see him like burst out of the ground. Really well done. I actually like the monster design in, I mean, all of them, but even these redneck pain zombies. Are they pain or torture zombies? Torture zombies. Redneck torture zombies. <laughs> yeah. uh, well pain done. and torture, so close. Yeah, yeah, similar. Yeah. Yeah. Basically bedfellows. Yeah. True, yeah, yeah. But yeah, after they rise up out of the ground, we immediately smash cut to the underground office 
where they're all like, oh, no. Yeah, because the pool's like, over. They're yeah. like all like, there's there's joy and anguish. And it's like, okay, the winner is Redneck Pain Zombies, Maintenance, and Intern Toby or whatever his name <laughs> yeah. is. He's like, yay. He's like, yeah. <laughs> um, one point underground, like um, he picked up Hemsworth the, has the conch shell and he's about to blow it, which would have been the merman. Yeah, that would have been great. And uh, he's like, we were so close. He had the shell next to his mouth. And he's like, Maybe next year. Trust <laughs> me, man. You don't want to see that. But yeah, so it's this really great moment of levity. But also Truman is reacting in the background like, we still shouldn't be celebrating this. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is a really good, like, keep us grounded in the fact that this is still horrific. They're like something from a nightmare. No, there's something nightmares are from. Everything in our stable is remnant of the old world, courtesy of, you know, who. Monsters? Magic? Gods? You get used to it. Should you? Our, our group starts splitting up, right? The cabin in the woods. Yeah. Folks start splitting Thor up. So Kurt and, and Jules and go Hutchinson out into the woods. Run off into the woods. Yeah. They're <laughs> going to go. Yeah. They got a room. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why they want to run Weird. outside and bone outside. Because uh, they're dumb. They're, they're specifically right, being right, right, stupefied, right. remember? Yes. See, now we can explain away all the bad decision making. There you go, because yeah. Because it's all the chemicals and the dye and the if hair. You, and exactly. Months. Every horror movie is just Cabot in the Woods told from a different perspective. They all make a lot more sense. I'll <laughs> yeah, tell you what. No. The ultimate headcanon. Yeah. yeah. Dana goes away for a little bit, comes back, and Holden's like translating the Latin. Oh, yeah. yeah. And just, I'm like, that's not a good idea. Yeah. That's some evil dead shit right there, dude. So Stop. He clearly must have got smart juice instead of alpha well, juice. Well, he is a smart, remember, he's the smart guy. He's the intellect. Whatever. Oh, so maybe naturally he's inclined to want to, to do, do that. This. Good point. So anyway, they have a whole meet cute thing. They start making out. Thor and um, Jules go out in the, the forest and she's like, isn't it romantic? And he's like, eh. And then they <laughs> adjust the lighting to where it lights this soft little moss bed on the ground yeah, where it looks super like twilighty romantic. Yeah. And then she like pulls him down on the ground. Again, another point where I would the not. the pheromones. That's important. That's right. The, the mist is pheromones. Yes. <laughs> but I also would not fuck on a random moss bed in the middle of the forest. Fair, but you aren't pheromone. Uh, That's true. That's yeah, true. I, not, I'm not drugged. You're not hopped up on the alpha juice. And drugged by the woods. Yeah. Okay, fair point. So anyway, they're doing that. And then Marty is reading um, Little Nemo. Yeah. And he's all like, what is that line he says? He's like, Oh, Nemo, man, you got to get your life sorted. Your shit's all topsy-turvy. <laughs> and then, um, so everyone's split up, and that's when the pain zombies attack outside. That's right. Jules takes a saw to the throat. Pretty yeah. brutal scene. They don't well, that, show... This is where the top comes off also. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yes. this is where they're also And talking. Truman says, guys, have some decency. And they're like, look, this is not for us. This is for them downstairs. Yeah. They want to be entertained. If we don't give them this, Doesn't it blows work. the whole thing. Which, side note real quick, is it just me or does anyone else want to know the entire backstory of how this deal happened? Like, were the old gods existed and someone's like, hey, guys, hold on, maybe we can negotiate. Well, or were they handed the rules? Or yeah. how did this start? It must have started a long, long time ago because he, because Holden, no, uh, one of them is like, remember, yeah, remember when we could just throw a chicken to a volcano? And the guy's like, how old do you think I am? Yeah. So it seems like it evolved from there. Hadley says that too. Yes. Yeah. They, it, you definitely get the impression that, like, at some point, this is very, again, this is all passe to these guys. Yeah. So at some point, some arrangement was made way back in the day. I, I always feel like in this movie, um, the older dude is definitely like the seasoned vet of this and Hadley's mm -hmm. just like the kind of newish, but not really. He's still tired of this stuff too. But uh, Well, he worked himself up to control panel, which yeah, is a big true. deal because everyone's like, I want to do Great what you job. do. Yeah. <laughs> Great job. Presses the button. Fair <laughs> but, you're, but to your point, yeah, you're right. It's all, it is interesting. It's like story-wise, like how did this come to be? Devo yeah, evolve. Uh, into this. But it did at some point because they obviously yeah, used to do something else back in the day. Perhaps, in the, perhaps in the prequel, The Castle in the Forest. Yeah, there you go. Oh. <laughs> Our oh. Is that really a prequel? 
No. Oh girl. God! You have so I was like, "How have I missed this fucking movie?" Prequel: Girl versus the volcano. Yeah. <laughs> Joe versus the volcano. Girl versus the volcano. Oh, okay. But yeah, good enough. <laughs> I can. That tie was those a reference together, to that. Yeah. yeah, reference to that. <laughs> Jules and Thor. Oh, we keep calling him Thor, <laughs> but Jules it's and fine. Thor. Are fucking, People know him as yes. Thor. Heard gets hit with a like a bear trap on his back. Yeah. And he's like it's brutal bear trap attached to a chain. Yeah. I was like, "Yo, that is crazy town." Yes. <laughs> that would hurt so much. Yeah. Um, and while this is happening, is this where Marty discovers the camera? No, no, no it's no. later on. Oh, okay. this is, he goes outside and he goes, I thought there'd be stars. Yeah. And the sky is pitch black, which I thought was a great moment of like, mm-hmm. oh, that's even a clever little like, something's right. not quite right here. And he's already started to piece things together because earlier he's like, dude, and then he just thought it was like stoner talk, but he's like, we're all just puppets on a string, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's hearing voices too. Yes, yeah. right. Because yeah. so. the yeah, as he's reading Little Nemo, he goes, I'm going to take a walk. And he's like, no, man, I'm not your puppet. I'm not going to do what you <laughs> yes. say. Fuck this. I'm going to go take a walk. <laughs> he ends up doing it anyway. But he goes outside and he starts peeing, which yeah. leads me back to the midsummer episode, you guys. Again, <laughs> he has a bathroom, but he chose to pee outside. So maybe it's not that weird for young college dudes okay. inside to okay. pee anywhere. Hold on. <laughs> totally different situation. Here. I know. I'm joking. I'm kidding. <laughs> he's alone. There's <laughs> not some village he's pissing in. In broad daylight. <laughs> I understand, you guys. I was joking. I know. I know. But, um, so he goes outside and at that point, bam, Thor runs into him and he's like, run. And then they see the the pain zombies coming after him. They run inside. All hell breaks loose. At I this respect point. Marty once again, who just was like, all right, I guess we're running. Yeah. He did yeah. not ask him 50,000 questions. <laughs> and he sees the one zombie girl on yeah. the ground. He just running in. books it. And they're like, where's Jules? And he's like, and Thor's like, Jules is gone. Yeah. Right. And the, uh, the was it Dana who didn't get it? She's like, no, we can't leave Jules. We got to yeah, go get yeah. Jules. Yeah, because Marty's like, I just saw a zombie chick <laughs> on the ground. And she's like, we're not leaving without Jules. Opens the door and there is, what is the name of this family? The Buckners. 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 There's like Papa Buckner standing right there. This massive like WWE size. Like, He's a yeah, big guy, yeah. yeah. And, he looks um, like The Undertaker without his hat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he like throws the Jules's head at her, right? Yeah. yeah. Throws yeah. it and she catches it <laughs> yeah. by instinct, which I was like, that's true. Most people will try to catch that's what's true. thrown at Very him. good comedic time by Mr. Buckner there. Yes, it was. <laughs> hey, they, this is not their first rodeo, yeah, yeah. okay? They've got this down. <laughs> they, they know how to have a good time. So they basically lock the doors. They've got the Buckners outside yeah. and then Thor says, we're sticking together. <laughs> so good. And they smash cut to the guys in the underground office and they're like, damn it. <laughs> like, this is not supposed to happen. And so they're like, hold on, watch the master work. And they pump a little more gas as Thor's running through the hallway. And he's like, wait, We'll cover more ground if we split up. Mm-hmm. And was it Marty goes, yeah, what kind of sense does that make? <laughs> Marty's not having any of this. And you find out that Marty's not affected as much by this gas because of the weed he's smoking. Like that's right. revealed a little bit later. But well, it's not even that. The weed he has has been laced mm-hmm. by the, the company. Yeah. So the fact that he smokes so much, he built up a tolerance to <laughs> yeah. weed. Oh, yeah. Is that what it was? Because yeah. oh, okay. the female chemist is like, he should be drooling right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, Lynn, the chemist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they each go to their own. So yeah, Thor's like, let's all go to our own rooms and barricade ourselves in there. Uh, and so then Marty goes to his room and I guess he like knocks a, a lamp over and he sees a camera and he's like, oh, I'm on a reality TV show. Yeah, yeah. I was like, you know what? I, I get that. I yeah. understand where his mind <laughs> is jumping to. a little good stoner to. logic, yeah. The yeah. tension in that moment was great because as he finds the little camera inside the lamp, he's like, what the hell, man? And yeah. then like the guys in the like control room are like, oh shit, okay, hold yeah. on. Let's see where this goes. He's like piecing it together and he's like, hold on. One of the Buckners is by the window. He'll, yes. he'll distract him. Yeah. So the Buckner grabs 
uh, Marty, pulls him through the window, and then Marty starts to run. Oh, he uses his uh, bong his as a sword. bong coffee cup as a sword, yeah. <laughs> and then um, as he's running away, a knife gets thrown right in his back, and he falls. Yeah. Mm, now, I couldn't Marty. tell if that was a spinal thing or if that was just he just got stabbed and he was Knowing down. what we know later, it could not be a spinal yeah. injury. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> he must have just got though. hit, yeah, like in the wing of his back there. Yeah. I'll be honest. The part where they threw the knife yeah. and the part where um, they stabbed Jules's hand earlier, those both made me jump. Like both of those scares were like actually really well done for this like comedic horror movie because yeah, I was like I it, jumped I was like oh my god yeah I, yeah I think it's a good horror movie on top of being a good comedy it's really <laughs> impressive yeah also those are pretty like if you empathize with the characters at all like damn that's gotta hurt right yeah <laughs> you're really rooting for Marty at least I was I yeah was yeah like, yeah Marty's Marty's easy he's, to root he's for. the man you know and then you <laughs> see that happen like, I was rooting Aw. for all of them honestly yeah. well they all start out as likable people yes. like normal yeah. people it's because of the gas and whatever that gives them their weird temperaments and their yeah. Yeah. quirks so. turns them into assholes. and they're not even well they're not even bad people because think about it yeah. those two just wanted to go fuck they were nice enough to like not fuck on the couch in right. front of everybody <laughs> you know like that would have been a different kind of um, movie <laughs> Holden was still being a gentleman yeah you know true. Marty was still being nice I mean other than the fact that he like was like I'm drawing a line well the Marty was sand. Marty that was like apparently that's yeah. his personality that's yeah, just yeah. him but I was saying like at no point and they actually touch on this <laughs> later on like where they're like we hate having to do this because these people this is for the, the greater good but like these people don't deserve this yeah and so like right. every character I never felt like anyone deserved to die in yeah it's different than some of these slasher movies where you're like god I hate all these people like <laughs> go get them Jason have yeah, at them yeah, yeah. man well, like, these are they're a little more than one dimensional characters yeah right? sure so they're, yeah. they've got a little more meat to them so while our guys are all barricaded into their own rooms they're, the zombies are coming in they're flushing them out and they all make their way into the basement where all the chains and everything are mm-hmm. and one of the zombies comes down and they actually managed to pin it to the wall yeah which yeah. i was like okay well, they got some fight in them yeah and then holden, they, holden and um dana are down in the basement yeah. they tell hemsworth like meet us in the basement they they have the great idea of like let's get in the rv and let's get the fuck out of here yeah it's time to evacuate <laughs> like sorry marty for all they know he's dead right right i'll point out something funny my wife said while we we're watching this which was why would they drive an rv to a cabin and I was like, that's a good point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's yeah. like, I don't want to drive a house to another house. Normally, you <laughs> okay. sleep in an RV yeah, yeah. and you take an like, RV on the road. Yeah, so. usually. I'm that's like, cool. a really good point. All I, I could think was like, huh, I guess plus one of my wife, minus one to Joss Whedon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's now the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm literally never going to be able to not <laughs> unthink that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just pointing that out maybe there. That's what just, maybe that's what Hemsworth just drove around. Maybe he lived in that RV, you guys. There you go. Oh, maybe that was his house and his vehicle. I think in the beginning, he does say something like oh it's his dad's rv or something whatever but it was, it was a funny point i yes. was like huh yeah good point it, it, rv in the woods would not be a scary how else are you going to transport why the dirt bike fuck yeah. In the RV? <laughs> yeah exactly oh, could have went and fucked in the rv there you go now there that we unpack go. this we find it. this movie's yeah. falling so apart better places to fuck that one on the ground people <laughs> yeah that was the lynch that one little yeah. thread just ruins everything <laughs> they could have had a troll two scene in there too oh my God. <laughs> oh my so God. much room for improvement i know get it together movie so yeah yeah, they they go out. They're going out to the RV, and then we cut to a very important scene. The Japanese team, yeah, the Japanese girls have all joined forces to basically like sing happy yeah, songs sing to, thing to death. the evil spirit, the <laughs> the evil Japanese evil spirit into a little frog. Yeah, so the Japanese girls thwart their um, sacrifice, mm-hmm. so their one hundred percent clearance rate is gone. 
Right. And so the U.S. is like, fuck you. Damn it. It's on us now. We have to we have to make this happen or else we're and like there is a, a change a little bit now where it's like, oh, shit, we are the the last people like we we have to take this a little bit more serious. Everyone gets now. much more serious yeah. on the inside. I also like in this scene, they cut to like other parts of the world that have failed, quote yeah. unquote, their whole thing. And they do cut to like a King Kong with uh, devil horns. Yes. I was like, I want to see that monster. That looks great. Yeah. I was like, I want to know more about this giant monkey. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Stockholm's just on fire. Yeah. Like, I don't know what's going on yeah. there. Like, they, they did the Garrett method. They burned that shit. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> they could really make this a show. Yeah. It's like yeah. everyone is, is either a fail attempt or, you know, a successful Ooh, attempt a to keep it. Ooh, a yearly miniseries. Or, yeah. Like a little, yeah. That'd, that'd be, be cool. cool. Yeah. A Netflix series. There you go. <laughs> Boom. So they're making their escape and then our company, the office, realizes, oh shit, there's a problem. Mm-hmm. We didn't blow up the tunnel that they came in on they can escape yeah so they're like yelling at the engineering team or something like that and they're like this ain't on us we don't know why it didn't go off we didn't get the order yeah yeah Yeah. comms are down so they had to like run across the building too and just in the nick of time i mean they're in the tunnel yeah they're almost out to the other side it explodes it starts caving in and they reverse all the way back out and they get out of the rv and they're just looking at this and like how is this fucking possible Mm -hmm. like this is not supposed to happen like this (laughs) and they look across the way so i guess the tunnel kind of made a u-turn yes Mm -hmm. inside right Mm-hmm. So now the, our characters are looking across the ravine where the entrance to the tunnel is. Mm-hmm. And then we find out that they've got some sort of motorcycle on the back of the RV. And it's like, hey, Chris Hemsworth's like, I can jump this shit. Let's <laughs> right. do this. I've, I've made bigger jumps than this before. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, okay. The way the ant camera was, I was like, that's a huge jump, bro. Yeah, that's, a, that's like, a big jump. Right. But cool. remember, he's hopped up on Alpha Juice. That's right. <laughs> right? Okay. So he's like. But to be fair, he was on his way to make that jump. Right. He yeah, was going to make was. it. He, he really was. was. And he has a really great speech. He's like, look, you guys, you stay in the Rambler. I'll get help. If I wipe out, I'll fucking limp for help. But I'm coming back here. I'm coming back with cops and choppers and large fucking guns, and those things are going to pay for jewels. All right, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. You know, you're all jazzed. And the camera's so great. You know, it's like a little shot. Like, he really makes him seem heroic. Like, all right, things are going to work out for poor Kurt. (laughs) For Thor. Poor poor Kurt. (laughs) Now, why did you say poor Kurt? Because... So he gets on his bike. He makes his jump. He's halfway through. I mean, he's going to make it and bam. He hits the invisible force field and just tumbles to his death mm-hmm. right into this huge He rolls gorge. down this invisible force field yeah. and like kind of lights up with energy wherever right. he hits. It's such a great shot. Yeah, it's yeah. so sad. You're just like, oh. And you can, and then it cuts back to, you know, his friends and they're just like distraught. They don't even believe, uh, rightfully so. They cannot like comprehend what they just saw. Yeah, Dana yeah. and Holden are like, what in the fucking fuck? And that's when Dana pieces it together. She's right. like, puppeteers. Oh my God. Marty this was is right the whole time. Yeah. yeah. You know, the first time I saw this scene in the theater when Thor explodes into the <laughs> shield was... It's the Bifrost, guys. Please, get it right. <laughs> you're right, you're right. Proto-Bifrost. I remember, like, laughing out loud and being yeah. horrified at the same time. I was like, that is so visceral but hilarious yeah. at the same time. Watching, like you said, his body tumble into the cavern or the chasm. Yeah. It was just like, holy shit. It's a, Well, it's a great setup because they do set it up, like John was saying, like, he's going to make that jump. They've got the fanfare and everything. The, like... The only thing they ever hinted at the shield was early on in the film, way earlier right, in the film, uh, with the eagle thing. Back so when like, you still didn't know what was going yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, what the hell was that? Yeah. So the payoff was excellent. Yeah, a great payoff. Um, now our characters are in the RV, our remaining uh, Col- uh, Holden and Dana. They're mm-hmm. driving off and like 
if you don't know the behind the scenes working what's happening, which Holden doesn't, it sounds like Dana's just rattling off crazy talk. Oh, yeah. It's like, Marty was right. They're, we're puppets. They're <laughs> everywhere. They're in our brains. And he's like, all right, you're losing that. I yeah. need you to come back to reality now, well, please. he's trying. She's like, she's like, he's like, we'll take the road. She's like, we can't take the road. It leads to nowhere. He's like, then we'll go off the road. Right. And she's like, everywhere's covered. He's like, then we'll take to the, we'll take to the skies. Yeah. You know, like yeah. he's like, just countering everything. Like, I got to keep her like, right. he's sane. just like, we, we will figure this out, but you need to stop babbling your crazy shit right now and then boom out of nowhere takes a what a spear through the back of the head or yeah. something yeah. like yeah. through the neck through the neck right. just like like from the back seat you just see a like a shunk like yeah. through his neck and, and he I was is like is dying. this supposed to be an homage to Kevin Bacon taking the arrow through the throat in Friday the 13th maybe oh maybe, oh, maybe. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. possibly you just, just don't touch Jesse there Lord's is face. an IV it's in his contract <laughs> yeah an IV there is an RV <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> probably some IV bags wrong also. letter yeah yeah, yeah. And then um, the RV jumps into the water. Uh, and then it cuts back to the control room. And it's a party because they're like, yeah, we did it. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, Tommy? Truman. Truman. Truman is like, oh, but she's still alive. Because on the screen, you see her crawling out of the lake. And they're like, oh, the virgin death is optional. The most important thing is that she suffers. Um, and then he gives And that's r- when um, um, Hadley's like, you know, I feel really bad for oh, her. Such like, a I'm, great rooting, scene. I, I'm really rooting for her to get away. Like, it's weird because there's this moment of like realization of like, mm-hmm. we're celebrating because let's be honest, we, this is bigger than any of us. But at the same time, he's like, God damn, this kind of sucks every time. But I think it was it's meant to be like kind of real, but not really. Cause like halfway through his spiel, some the elevator opens up and he's like, Tequila is my lady. My lady. Come on in. <laughs> I, I think I think he legitimately feels bad and then yeah. it was like that was a distraction yeah. to like take him away from like the horrific things they're doing. So I think yeah. it was like this like, oh thank God, <laughs> like let's blot this out of my mind. Right. It's just it's a little it's a little moment of levity of real life again, like that, that this breaking thing, in. Yeah, just like, oh, like yeah, if this was a if this was your job, it would suck pretty hard. Mm-hmm. When uh Jesse Williams dies, because he dies last, uh according to the story, uh, the older dude does a little prayer. Sitterson. Sitterson oh, does yes. a little prayer and then kisses his coin. I'm like, I like that. It's a very Catholic thing, but nice. Nice done. On the nice first, on the first death, they do that too. Yeah. They yeah. basically, and I think that's part of the ritual. They yeah. have to like, every time they, someone dies, they have to like say. The little rosary thing or something. Yeah. yeah. This we offer in humility and fear for your blessed peace and eternal slumber for it ever was. It's a very good thing to say around Thanksgiving. Now, do you think that's something they added or do you think that was in the rules that they were given of like what they have to do? Again, I need to see the <laughs> documentation on how this thing works. Well, it I, seems to be this the the chant they have to do when they pull the lever that yeah. empties the blood into the sacrificial altar yeah. below them. But that's the thing is like, is, it's the, is the altar I thing think, like I part of it? I mean, yeah. this is old. Do you think like every year they get an updated like writer of like, we need to follow, we need 1,000 brown M&Ms. We're, you know, we're on is in 2.1 charge. version of this prayer. Right. <laughs> and we don't ever figure out like we know we find out who's in charge. There's a person upstairs. Right. Yeah. But we don't know are they actually communicating with the old gods? Right. Are they winging this? This is what I want to know. Like I'm so boring. <laughs> right. I want the the logistics of this whole thing <laughs> as opposed to like the deaths I could take or leave. Yeah. What I want is the logistics of this okay. deal. Give me the rules and regulations please. <laughs> Gary, I appreciate that you want to know the boring stuff of this. I, I really do. Because it is interesting. Curtain. Yeah. Pull back yeah. the curtain of Oz. I want to see the man himself. Operational manual. There's got to be a loophole here somewhere that yeah. we can get around this. I feel like there's a way we can outsmart these ancient ones. Not this time. Yeah. <laughs> so the red phone rings, the partying stops and they're like, okay, this phone doesn't ring unless there's some serious shit going on. Yep. Hadley goes up and he answers the phone. He's like, what? No, that's not possible. What do you, well, no, I'm not questioning you. Well, 
Okay. <laughs> Guys, so one of them's still alive. It's not over yet. Don't let the, you know, Dana die. We got to find the other one. And then we find out, like, while she's getting the shit kicked out of her, Marty shows up. Marty's been alive the whole time. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Somehow Marty survived. And then he basically, like, kills Papa Buckner. He's like, come with me, come with me. And then they jump into a grave. And she's like, mm. we're going into a grave. He's like, come on. And they jump into a grave. They go into a trap door inside the graves that the Buckners came out of. And then they're in this, like, sterile, like, looking room. Like, yeah, this it's little like an elevator. Cell. Yeah. And she almost steps on a, like, a dismembered, like, zombie corpse. Mm-hmm. And she's like, ah. And he's like, oh, sorry. I had to, yeah, I had to dismember that guy with a trowel. What have you been up to? <laughs> yeah, because it's just the hand. It's like a zombie hand it's like a, that's yeah. doing yeah, the its own face and everything. Yeah. And the hand's still moving. But he's like, this is an elevator of some kind. I think I can get it to go down. She's like, do we want to go down? He's like, where else are we going to go? Mm-hmm. Right. And then she realizes like, oh, they sent this up here. Like someone is yeah. fucking with us. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, As they're going down, they're seeing room after room of creature, like slowly revealing like, oh crap, we actually chose how we were getting attacked. Because mm-hmm. everything they see, like the um, the Hellraiser-esque character is holding right. the ball that Hemsworth was playing with. The ballerina is, you know, like it's all reminiscent of the items they were playing with in the cellar. And that's mm-hmm. when she pieces it together. <clears throat> and she starts losing it and like hitting the glass and like trying to break it. And I'm like, stop. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you do not want to break the barrier between you and whatever the hell that is. Like yep. stop right now. When they arrive to their destination, they're greeted by a security guard and machine gun, like screaming at them, you know, get off get off the elevator or whatever, but the zombie hand mentioned, yes. you know, actually saves their lives yeah. in that moment. It's like, yeah. thanks, zombie hand. I was like, yeah. That was funny. Yeah, startles the security guy, right? Yeah. 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 And then we get a voice over the loudspeaker saying, you shouldn't be here. This should have gone differently. This is an ancient ritual. We must placate the ancient ones. You need to give in for humanity's sake. And I knew right away it was Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> right. Yeah, very yeah, recognizable yeah. Even the voice of Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, yes. Even the first time I saw it, I was like, Sigourney! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I first heard it, I was like, there's no way that's Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. That sounds just like Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> so they all get cornered into a control booth. You know, like 70, seems like 70 security guards and machine guns are surrounding this area. Yeah. And they're looking over the control panels like the giant red button. Let's press the giant red button. Right. Yeah. This is like my only problem, like realistically with this movie. Why would that button fucking exist? Why would it? You could accidentally <laughs> hit this button. Why wouldn't it require a key? Preferably two keys. Yeah. Like. Well, to Garrett's point of wanting to know more about this story and the world that they built up, I want to see how they clean the cages. Oh, they, what do you do with the, you know, oh, gonna, I yeah. got to go wrangle the werewolf. Good point. What, do you trank them? It's em, a two-cage system. So they push one, so they got, for every cage, there's, there's a another cage, cage and a transport it. cage. Yeah. Oh, so they just push them into the To the holding. clean cage. Okay. Get the dirty cage. They swap yeah, yeah. them around, clean out the dirty cage, and now it's yeah. the clean cage. Was this shown in the movie? No, I just made this okay. up right now. <laughs> but honestly, that's the most logical thing. But yes, the person I was watching the movie with was all like, man, it sure is convenient as a giant red release right. everything. But and I was like, yeah, good point. There's like no situation where they would need to release every cell in that facility. There's also the point where like, again, this is something my wife brought up while we were watching this. She's like, these guys, there's like 70 guys with machine guns. Why don't they just like run up on them? If their right. whole thing was like, they got guns and they don't, and they're just in a tiny booth, just like, do your job and oh, like run up rush, on them. bro. No, because there's I a whole... The sure. But the point is, it's just like, they do stop at a set for a second. Right. Long saying. enough to hit the button. They yeah. could have just... I mean, I guess the fear was if they kill Dana before they kill right. Marty, oh, right. yeah. that would fuck everything up. You don't sure. want to be the guy responsible for dooming all humanity. Sure. Right. And I assume that's why they were like, going with caution. Right. It's like, we got to yeah. take the fool out. But yeah. they very easily could have used tear gas, yeah. smoke. Like, Anything. there's so many <laughs> taser's. 
it's a minor thing, but yes. it was kind of funny. I was like, okay, good point. Well, to be fair, Marty pretty quick was all like, yo, so hit that button, hit that button, hit that button. <laughs> so they hit that button, and what happens is just chaos that I don't even think we can describe. No, it's other than so every, great. but we're about to try. <laughs> every monster imaginable is just attacking our security guards. There's blood everywhere. The facility, yeah. like they're just unleashed in the facility. And there's all these little vignettes of people dying to these monsters that are just so good. We see John's rape tree. Yes. That's its new name. <laughs> yeah, John's, John's rape tree. tree. Dismembered huh. goblins. My favorite might have been the unicorn. Oh, yeah. Out of, of nowhere, a unicorn just coming and pales a guy. I was like, really? A unicorn? <laughs> <laughs> we do see the merman. We see the merman. Yeah. Now, as, as they're all being taken out, the facility is going offline. Lights are going out. The maintenance people are taken out. We're down to our control room with Hadley and Sitterson. Yeah. And um, poor Truman, our security guard, gets taken out by bats. No, yeah. it's like zombies. It's like it no, more zombies. It's, it's, like, it's like torn mutant apart. Zombies away. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Mutant zombies. I, I will also throw in, I, I like the fact that they have. Uh, the killer robot thing that going down uh, the stairs yeah going down the stairs oh, yeah. battle bot yeah. battle bot thing with a giant chainsaw I, I like, like that yeah there's um at one point something throws a guy into like into the atrium of the place and the giant snake comes up and eat him like good teamwork there <laughs> the interesting thing about that is the um before this movie started shooting the special effects team the um the the practical effects team was basically tasked with making all these monsters they made a fuck ton of monsters and everything yep. like that but then they saw the sets and the sets were even bigger than they were supposed to like they thought they were going to be <laughs> so that's why they had to create like the giant CG snake the mist monster because it was all supposed to be practical monsters mm. but they saw how big it was they had to fill this area so um, they had to create a bunch of CG monsters mm -hmm. also because it was probably a good choice practical I mean considering how brief some of them were on the screen it you couldn't really tell I think all the monster yeah. effects were great so but it was just kind of funny because it was yeah. also you, you see a lot of practical stuff in this yes. little like 10 minute featurette thing interesting yeah I think there's there wasn't a single monster that I thought looked bad I even like the evil clown yeah he oh, yeah. gets shot he just keeps coming at them with the, the, evil, with the, the hatchet clown. or whatever he yeah. was I like the evil uh, the Japanese I guess the I'm gonna assume they're Japanese inspired like people with dolph mask that are like just torturing people oh like yeah the little side the yeah mask. I thought that was like a like a visitors type thing it could have been that too I yeah i i just assumed that because it was but... a scene where they had them they had a bunch of people tied up oh, there, so they're pouring right. gas on them there you go. did you guys notice though a little side note before we move on on the computer screens when you're seeing all these different things mm -hmm. attack everything there's one monitor where the the intern guy the guy who like didn't qualify for ot and also bet on the um the pain zombies had like a little like piece of paper when he's writing like help i'm in this room like he's not getting killed but he's like just over there oh, like, yeah. trying to hail someone to come get him. <laughs> see that? And I was like, that's kind of funny. Yeah. So do we think the intern made it out alive? I think the intern may well, have made no, it. Well, not really. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, so, right, we're in the NASA control room and um, Hayden is busy wrestling with some monster on the ground and then he gets taken out by his fish man. He finally his gets merman. to see his merman. Yeah. And man, it just chomps his face and then out of the blowhole starts spurting blood. And I was like, that's a nice touch. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. I like what he, he, his last final words are, you got to be shitting me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know what? I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> Dana and Marty make their way through a hole in the facility down into the ancient ruins where our, our gods are sleeping. And mm -hmm. they're looking around and they see the symbols and like, oh, each one of these represents us. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is like way deeper than what we realize. And that's when Sigourney Weaver shows up with a pistol mm -hmm. and she expositions everything that we've kind of laid out on the podcast today. So, you know, we've got to make these ritual sacrifices. Dana, you need to go ahead and kill the fool. 
Well, I do love the slight burn, though, because they call, Dana's like, oh, you know, and the virgin has to die last. She's like, oh, I'm not a virgin. And then Sigourney Weaver goes, we work with what we got. What we got. <laughs> and I'm wondering here, do you think that they named the character Dana before they cast Sigourney Weaver? Oh. So Dana would be talking to Sigourney Weaver, uh, aka her name in Ghostbusters. Sure, yeah. Do you think when she trans, when she basically holds the gun to Marty's head to actually like decide whether she wants to kill Marty to do it, there is no more Dana. There's only Zool. Yes, <laughs> I do believe that. Yes. I'm going to so, show myself out, you guys. Thank you. <laughs> also, in the cage was an Avatar monster. I don't know if he's anything. Was it really? The, the, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was very believable, Mark. That would have been, yeah, you could. What other Sigourney Reaver references can I make? <laughs> well, if yeah. you actually like read some of the like behind the scenes stuff, like um, in those boxes when they show all the boxes of the different mm-hmm. stuff, they do show the sexy witches. Mm-hmm. Um, they show a bunch of other stuff, but there are actually the Left 4 Dead video game. There's um, the hunter, the tanks, yeah. uh, the mm-hmm. lurkers. Those are all represented in this. That's interesting. So Sigourney is tells Dana basically, look, you have to kill Marty. You have a gun. You have to shoot him. And she almost does. And then yeah, she aware- points a gun at his yeah. head, and he's like, "Really?" And she's like, "I'm sorry." And he's like, "It's like the whole world, Marty." And I, I kind of understand. Like, no, yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, yeah, if the choice is like kill your friend or let the whole like basically the end of the world. Yeah. It's a tough decision, but it's not a bad decision to make. Marty's just being kind of a selfish dick. Right. <laughs> the thing is, at this point, though, you've seen enough to know this is probably not just bullshit either. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. You've seen nightmares. Like, you're just like, um, this is probably not BS. I, yeah. I don't think she was making the wrong choice. She was going no, to shoot yeah, him. Yeah. But on your worst day, <laughs> you might be a little more defiant of like, a, you know, fuck you, let the world burn, you know? Sure. Fair. Yeah. Which sure. is a common theme because earlier in the movie, like Marty's all like, maybe society does need to crumble. Maybe we're just right. too scared right. to let it. Yeah. And then this like comes back because as she's about to shoot Marty, a werewolf attacks her, <laughs> which I love the werewolf. Yes, that was, was so well cool. done. It's a solid werewolf, yes. One little aside that I appreciated as a monster fan is that they shoot the werewolf, but because they're not silver bullets, the werewolf runs off. I was like, nice little touch, because they yeah. could have just had the werewolf yes. die. It hurts, but it doesn't kill him. Yeah, it doesn't kill him. Then yeah. Marty and Sigourney start fighting. They wrestle. They're like wrestling with the gun. The Buckner girl. The, the Buckner little girl. tiny Buckner girl. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What's her name is at the bottom of the stairs bleeding out because of the werewolf biting her. Mm-hmm. Buckner girl slowly comes up and like hatches to the head gets Sigourney Weaver. Whether or not she was trying to do that or not, it's kind of like left in the air. Right. I think she was trying to kill someone. I think it's out for blood. Yeah. You know. And then our last Sigourney Weaver reference, she tumbles into a pit of fire holding the monster. That's right. Alien 3. (laughs) Alien 3. Alien 3. My man, you rode through. You, you, Garrett's face says no it all. No Sigourney Weaver <laughs> reference is getting it's by It's a podcast, Mark. but if you could see Garrett's I face. I abstained from doing my Finding Dory Sigourney Weaver <laughs> reference earlier. We were talking about the, the voice over the intercom, like, welcome to the Jewel, Morro Bay, California. Yeah. But we threw that one in there. <laughs> I approve, Mark. I approve. <laughs> all right, good. <laughs> so, yeah, now our la- Dana is like, I'm sorry I almost shot you. And Marty's like, I'm sorry a little werewolf jump on you. <laughs> and it's like, all right, so what do we do? It's like, I guess this is it. We're just going to see how it happens. Yeah, yeah and if they smoke a J, a joint and uh and they're like you know my only regret is i kind of wish i would have seen it and i was like you know what if you're gonna go out that would have been cool i guess to see it yeah uh and then the end well he says a line he goes maybe it's time or maybe i don't know if it's dana or uh marty but says maybe it's time to you know maybe humanity society does need to end let's give someone else a chance and i was like 
who the ancient gods i feel like they already had their chance and they made us a deal like yo y'all can exist right it's like yeah. who are you gonna give who are you gonna give a shot other than these badasses it's right. not like other animals like you know like rabbits are gonna survive you don't know that uh no the ancient gods could make a pack with the dolphins that's oh, true it's the dolphins turn yes yeah that's this is how we get is. water world yeah that's exactly it. yeah i gotta tell you i'm i feel like dana made the wrong choice here i would have probably shot marty oh that's around the room around the room mark it's Sorry, the whole Marty. world, yeah. Marty. Yeah, it's the whole world, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a tough call. It's a real tough call. I mean, I kind of want, like I said, on my worst day, <laughs> I might let the world burn, but yeah, I think it would come down to Axe and Marty. I mean, I think, does Marty not have siblings or parents or anyone he cares about in, or, or Dana in the whole world? Marty's really, really concerned with himself. Yeah, yeah. he's a selfish dude. Okay, but what about <laughs> Dana, right? Like... There's nobody in the way she's like, she just subjected everybody to death. Yeah, exactly. It's hard to be, I, I think it's hard to like make that decision with not being faced with your mortality or whatever. But like, I feel like if you knew that after what you'd seen, right. You've not, you've not just seen like, oh, there's some monsters. You've seen hundreds at this point. People have died by horrific nightmares. And you're like, this shit's real. Yeah. I feel like maybe sacrifice yourself. Maybe yes. take one for the team and jump in the pit. I agree. And without actually Could've being Marty in this... taking himself off the board. Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. Or couldn't suicide been like, count. I'll make a deal with the gods or something. You know? Yo, parlay, son. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> Wave yeah. the white flag. Come sit at the table. Yeah. That's, that's where Garrett's character yeah. comes yeah. in. It's like, guys, 34-7-C <laughs> says right here, <laughs> we can actually redo this. Hold on. Over here, my man, downstairs. <laughs> Someone give me a cell Arbitration, phone. please. Uh, yeah. But now instead of being the sacrifice, you're the hero that brokered a new deal. Yeah. That's yes, right. Yeah. Dude, yeah, to answer the flip side, I it, it is tough. Now yeah. someone's got to eat 72 cheeseburgers in less than three hours, and we're yes. good to go, baby. Damn. It would be tough facing your own mortality, so it is, you know, but I also think I would be like, just shoot me. Yeah. Like, it's the whole world. Like, I, I would think about, like, my mom or my sister or whatever and be well, like, all point, right. You think you're getting out of that facility? Right. Yeah. yeah what's the, that's I'm the going thing. to die anyway. Yeah, may as well save the whole world. And they kind know. of they resign to that once they make that decision too. They're like, well, I guess we're dead anyway. So it's like, then you should have just let one yeah. go. Right. <laughs> like, you don't all you don't both have to die here. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's funny. But I do appreciate that the world ends. Yes. I give them that. Yeah, and we the see the earth giant. explodes open and a giant god hand comes out of the ground and smash cut the credits. Yeah. I appreciate that. But it would have been poignant too, or maybe interesting to see while they're smoking that J. If like she just sort of reached over and shot him in the head. <laughs> oh, when's too late? Oh, yeah, yeah when is too late? Well, yeah. they said they had eight minutes till the sun comes up, and they had to do it because oh, Sigourney Weaver's like, right. there is eight minutes till the sun comes up, and if right. we don't do it before then, it's over. It's over. So I think them sitting there and resigning to sit there for however long it takes yeah. would have been too long. Now she probably could have quickly made that reverse decision. Point. It was too late at that point. The monster hand had already come up. The day was over. Yeah. There you go. Cabin in the woods. It is in the woods. It was a cabin, but there's more yeah. than just the cabin. <laughs> cabin in the woods and control center underneath it was a little bit lengthy for a poster. So <laughs> meta narrative horror comedy would have been pretty long. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Good point. Well, I think it sounds like we'd all recommend it. Oh, yeah. yeah. 4.5 yeah. out of 5, 9 out of 10 for me. <laughs> I'm going 5 out of 5. What? I'm going 10 wow. out of 10. I, I, there's very little about this movie that I don't enjoy. Like almost next to nothing that I can, I, just, I can't single-handedly pick a thing that I didn't enjoy. The red button kills me every time because it's just so out of. Look, if I'm willing to expect a fucking leprechaun to go to space, <laughs> or I'm willing to expect Jason to actually sure. book a flight to Manhattan, but none of those are 4.5 movies. So no, agree, but I'm just saying, like, I can let some things go, and if the the only thing in this movie that really bothered me was yeah. the red button, I'm in. Yeah. I wish we didn't have the scene where the the hawk hit the force field. 
I know they did that kind of as like a callback, but right. I think it would. I think the scene with Hemsworth would have been way more impactful if we didn't know there was a force field there and then he hit it. I think, I think it's kind of needed though to lend mystery to what is this, like what is right. going on. I feel like if it wasn't there, it would have been too long before something weird happened. Uh, granted, yeah, it, you got to have a scare every now and then. Or right, it was just that, like a little appetizer. So, and how many people would have been yeah. like, what? And it wouldn't have had that set up to where again. Chris Hemsworth tries to jump over the ravine. Right. Because then that that would be too unbelievable without a little hint of something early on. I agree. That something was going to happen. Well, that's a good one. Yeah. Everybody should check it out. If you haven't seen it, you should have before you listen to us talk about <laughs> it. We just ruined everything. Can I add something to the conversation real quick? Yes, yeah. you may. That, uh, so I'm not sure if I'm allowed to show, talk about my show, Threequel Club. Of course. But we also, Threequel Club is where we talk about the third part of a film series. But we always ask at the end, like, if you could remake or, or sequelize or whatever this film, would you? And I'm curious what y'all would think, because I think there's been talk of Cabin in the Woods 2 forever. I want to say this movie was not a big success. Like, it, critically, I think mm-hmm. people loved like financially. it. Financially. But financially speaking, I think, like, it made its budget back, and then I think worldwide it made enough but it wasn't like a big runaway success right. at all and then i think Josh it marketing i think they had yeah they had to do this where they couldn't spoil the surprise yeah. at all yeah. because right so Mark. this is 30 million budget 66.5 at the box office so it's right. kind of like double. a break even it's a break it's a break after. even because you got to realize yeah. marketing you take marketing yeah. and stuff that's double a budget right and now they couldn't really i mean well maybe now after you but know, maybe they didn't spend that much on marketing though because again that's true i don't remember seeing much about this movie and when it did i've never seeing, seen anything about like it being i remember seeing the trailer everywhere right specifically yeah. where it's like oh do we want to go down like that scene like yeah. six, it was everywhere but they marketed it as a straight horror movie right which they had no choice they had to market it that oh, way yeah. um so i think that didn't help it you know um no i i don't know that i would see it i mean it'd have to be a prequel okay this ends Fair. pretty yeah. like <laughs> definitively and if they tried to weasel out of it that would yeah. cheapen this movie a lot unless sure. it was a jacob's ladder type situation <laughs> oh there you go yeah. oh, there you go i guess if they did something totally different if we got to see like yeah the japanese story or the stockholm story or yeah, whatever yeah. like somewhere completely different yeah. and actually let like a director from that region do it right uh, that would be an interesting take that would be cool um because i doubt they can really afford to get josh whedon back even after his little reputation bump there <laughs> i'm gonna have to well actually just for a second his name is not josh it's joss joss whedon. two s's yeah oh all right uh <laughs> they're not gonna get mr whedon back yeah so look he has, well, he has a girlfriend and a wife so he's got two s's in his name there you go <laughs> Well, as of last year, uh, they actually touched on why there hadn't been a sequel. Uh, according to Bloody Disgusting, Godard said that they hadn't made one because they kind of painted themselves into a corner. It's like, where do you go from here? You know, and we're not going to do a sequel just to do a sequel. Right. You know, it's got to be a good reason to do it. So I'll, I'll throw it out there that I think they could do a sequel because, again, kind of what Garrett is saying, like, we don't know, like, where these things came from. But you could do, like, Cabin in the Woods 2, start it like a straight narrative. And then towards the end, you find out, oh, this has all happened before. The ancient gods just decided they were bored and wanted to do this all oh. again. And then be like, oh, it's a, nar- a more meta narrative thing. Because, again, it's like, well, how do you do a sequel to a horror film? You usually just do the dumbest thing you can. So why not just do the dumbest thing you can? I'm just saying, like, there's there's definitely a possibility. We have right. gods in this film. Or the gods could reset the playing board. Yeah, exactly. Right. They're like, we right. got bored again. We're going to do this one more time. It'd be interesting. How would this movie be different if everyone knew what was happening? Right. Like, what would be the twist yeah. for the audience? That's a good point. Like, and that's, I mean, I'm, I not, I'm not a writer, so don't right, ask me. Exactly. <laughs> but I think mean, it's interesting. Like, what would society be like oh, if we sure, now sure. know old gods exist and we have to do this? 
right? Right, like, right. I mean, that'd be tough to explore, but that'd be an interesting. Well, I'm avenue. saying the audience knows old gods, ex- old gods exist. Right. The characters in the film would not know. Oh. They would just be in the same scenario yeah, again. Yeah, you guys are on two different like links. Yeah. yeah, they're in the same scenario again. But then as they as it goes on, the characters realize this has all happened before yeah. or something, and that or, would be kind of interesting. I don't want a sequel. I think it's perfect as yeah. it is. Yeah, and I don't I think, think it's anything fine. they could come up with would probably turn out as well as we think it would. Right. I sure. think we're asking the wrong question. Do the gods prefer to be entertained or do they prefer to sleep? Yeah, there you go. I mean, do they want to be up and about? Yeah, <laughs> that's why they destroy the world. They're pissed. They're like, God, yeah, exactly. needed five million more years here. <laughs> like, know? I'm just saying, like, you know. Cranky old gods. It's just like when you get woken up before your alarm goes off, man. That's yeah. the worst feeling. You're like, I have five more minutes. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> all right. Well, anything else to add? I'm good. Leroy, thanks for joining us again. Yeah, uh, thank We you will all. throw up a link to your podcast yes, in where the can show we notes. Find out it's, more about the Threequel Club. It's literally threequel.club is the website. So easy to find. <laughs> and I think if you just Google Threequel Club, I'm pretty sure it comes up. Nice. I, I think we've got the analytics set up right. So cool. we should be good. And listeners, John appeared on the Leprechaun 3 episode. So. That's right. Yes. Le- John is, our, is awesome, uh, Central Texas's Leprechaun scholar. So <laughs> we had to have him on for I, Leprechaun 3. Show I take that very tattoo. seriously. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I prefer to be called Doctor. Doctor. Uh, that's Dr. John to y'all. <laughs> Dr. John, the leprechaun king. Yeah. Oh. That's his full name. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That's almost that's not, not a business card. <laughs> Very small font. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us, listeners, and we'll see you again next time. As always, you can find us at thegravetalk.com. We are on social medias, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Hit us up. What did you think of Cabin in the Woods? Would you like to see a sequel? We're interested to hear what you think. See you next time. <laughs>